All right, welcome everyone to the eagerly anticipated and long awaited. No, okay, seriously. But it's the episode 15. Yeah. Episode 15. No, that's fine. Episode 15 of the Dimensional Cascade. Yes, after that rock is introduction. Ricky's sitting here with a craft knife and and a miniature and he's he's scraping into the microphone. He's like he complains every week that he has nothing to do while he, while we're talking about, you know, tactics and stuff like that and like here. <laughs> prepare this lore master of Hoeth. Yep. Yep. Hello and welcome to the show. So we're coming at you again from the dungeon in Shoreline, Washington. And uh, with me in this episode, I have Ricky, Tom, uh, Jesse, and I'm Aiden. And uh, we're going to be talking mostly about um, Glotkin in in this episode. Um, and uh, Glotkin came out, ooh, what, about eight weeks ago now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and has been followed up by Kane, um, which didn't have any nice models to come out with it, but we'll talk Ooh. about that a bit in the news section. Um, we are going to review the fluff and the rules in there. Um, we're going to talk about some of the local tournaments. Um, but I think we will... We will. I think before we get, go into the pit, I want to um, welcome Jesse officially to the podcast crew. This is like his third appearance now mm-hmm. on the podcast, and we asked him to kind of keep coming back because he keeps Tom in line. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm glad to have you on the show. And uh, so I, I want to make sure that um, it's clear to everyone that Jesse is, is he's a Skaven player who has, has switched in the last sort of three to four months to being an undead player. Before Nagash came out, he was collecting this really cool themed uh, um, like skeletal necromancer type list um for vampire counts why don't you talk a little bit about that army because i think it's really cool right so um so i'm actually a relatively new warhammer player i think i only picked it up about a year ago um and so obviously i went with the the default which was skaven it came in the, <laughs> the box set and i wanted to roll face on everybody without actually knowing how to play the game yet uh it didn't work out so well for me so i'd always wanted to you know start up a secondary army and and the the vampire counts um, were initially what i really wanted to play but Without knowing the rules and always being told they were more advanced, I uh, kind of kind of stayed away from them. But you know, once I got a better grasp of the rules and finally finished painting my 150 aught Skaven model um, army, you know, I was able to kind of start you know an army I actually wanted to build and one that I actually wanted to kind of showcase. And, and by that so, stage, you were well versed to painting lots of models. Which I was is... already yeah, I was already <laughs> used to painting massive hordes, so 100 150 skeletons wasn't such a such a daunting task. So. I probably talked about the army for six months before I started putting it together, and um, you know the the end times is a great kind of uh, jumping board from, or springboard for that because uh, the original builder has no vampires, nothing besides you know uh, either either undead constructs, so things like the terrorgeist or the the mortis engine, just um, all skeletal stuff. So when the gash came out, obviously that was a, a must-have, and the morgas and everything that kind of came along with that the spirit host all the ethereal things were a perfect fit so it was it was kind of it was it was great for me i could actually make a, a fluffy army that i wanted to build anyways and then i kind of had all this new stuff to to add to it yeah yeah so it's a, a vampire counts army without any vampires basically yeah, yeah. or or uh, or zombies or, or any zombies of the any of the fleshy things yeah or anything yeah cool yeah um so so just before we get started in the pit, um, Tom, uh, you've also kind of uh, 
I don't want to say started a new army, but you know, got got re oh, yeah. re-inspired with an old one, which then <clears throat> led you to a new one. You want to talk a little bit about that? Basically, yeah. I just it was kind of funny. Just before the Glockkin book came out, I think we were talking about chaos and like ranking how we like the different chaos gods and their themes and whatever. And That's I put right. Nurgle at the very bottom because I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not down with Nurgle stuff. It's all just looks gross and weird. And then like. <laughs> The, the new stuff started coming out for Glotkin. You have no Blankins. integrity now. <laughs> <laughs> I can... No, I, 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 nobody will believe anything I say again. But then the Blight Kings and the Magoth Lords came out, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of actually pretty cool. And then Glotkin came out, and... Uh, you were I sold. Was, I was done. It was just, like, the coolest-looking model I had ever seen. Yep. And, um, yeah, I got bitten by the Nurgle bug. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's pretty common. I yeah, exactly. We all get a little bit nurgly every now and then. The rot flies got you. Um, yeah, and I, I already had a Beastman army that had been shelved for a little while, and then the kind of Chaos After Legion. I spanked it hard with the Oh, Nurgle. after everybody, <laughs> everybody spanked that army hard. Um, yeah, the Chaos Legion rules came out, and I kind of figured that would be a, a cool way to put Glotkin on the table without having to collect a whole new army. Mm -hmm. Then after that, I was like, well, maybe I do just want to collect a whole new army. Um, so now I'm I'm doing something new, focusing on the, the Blight King models and uh, trying to put together a tournament legal um, Warriors of Chaos army that I can use even when the, the Legion of Chaos is not allowed. Yep, yep. So as long as Blight Kings are allowed, yeah. As long you're as good. people are going to allow yeah. Blight Kings, which should be fine because they're, yeah, they're, they're just a new, a new troop. They're not yeah. some crazy special character. Well, I think we talked a little bit about them in the last episode, um, but we'll talk a bit more about them because it'll be part of the Glock Cam review. Mm -hmm. So um, after all that, Ricky, you you haven't started a new army or anything, have you? Uh, just still working on my dwarves. Still working on your dwarves. Okay. Still. Oh my yeah. God. Um, actually, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's Ricky actually ever. finishes armies. Well, yeah, they're only move three. Um, <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> sorry, couldn't help it. No, that's true. Um, if you want to check out the the progress that Ricky's making on his dwarves, um, a lot of that is posted on our forum in Ricky's paint log, and um, when they get to a certain stage, they get posted on the Taylor Painters blog. So you can you can check it out in either of those places. Um. I I have been busy working on on something secret. Uh, mostly, actually, I've been working on secret stuff. But but the little bits that I've been doing are to get uh, an army for my son on the table. Um, so he, my son is nine, and he's been slowly collecting empire with the instructions of you have to get all of the models assembled from one box before you get another box. Mm -hmm. And you uh, hold them to a higher standard than we all hold ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I don't have to spend willy nilly. I post that on myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I've done a little bit about uh, getting him a, a high elf army on the table because I had a whole bunch of old high elf models sitting around. So just getting the last few bits and pieces for that. And that's what Ricky's working on right now while we're, while we're podcasting. He's putting together mm, that lore master. Lore master. All right. So I, I feel like we kind of needed a, a little bit of an update of, of where we all are and everything because it's been like so long since we podcasted. Mm. <clears throat> um, but without any further ado, let's uh, roll on into the pit. Woo! The pit. The pit. The pit. The pit. For generations, Nagash was little more than a whisper on the wind of Shrek. Slowly, he regained the ability to contact and manipulate his most loyal servants. 
eyes extended towards his reawakening. The gash bowed to bide his time, not returning until his powers were regained in full, until he was ready to reign supreme. He envisioned the world filled with undead, a realm fully beneath his control. However, the portents were troubled, the dark gods were moving, and the gash realized that unless he returned to thwart them, chaos would conquer all. This time, the great necromancer was going to claim the power of death itself. He would choke all life from the world and rule eternally in the darkness that followed. Mutated beyond their mortal forms, the Glotkin rank is the mightiest champions of Nurgle. They combine the darkest sorcery, the most virulent plagues, and monstrous strength to butcher any opponent of the Dark Glods. Cook. <laughs> okay, so Woo. the Glotkin versus those fine introductions. Nagash, Supreme Lord of the Undead. Nagash on one side of the table, Glotkin on the other. Yep. Nagash beautifully painted, by the way, by Jesse. Yes. Glotkin in a state of semi-patedness. Yeah, he's looking pretty good. He like the, good. the uh, riders, Girk, Girk the on the bottom is is yeah. looking pretty good. <laughs> he needs some work on the horns. The riders have nothing on them. Yep, yep. Um, and Tom's working on that one, although I think Ricky gave him a helping helping Ricky gave airbrush. Me a helping start with the airbrush, yep. and he's going to take a little hiatus while I prepare the rest of this army for a tournament that's coming up. But yep, he'll get yep. done. Anyway, cool. for now, there's some Nagash slaying to be done. Okay, so, so both sides have to generate four spells first, mm -hmm. right? So no, or Nagash is generating nine books, bro. Yeah, but I think uh, so. Let, let's go through the there. We, we did Nagash's rules um, already in the Nagash review, um, but let's do a really quick recap of them and uh, a really quick recap of of. Uh, I guess we can go into Glockkin stuff a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Nagash thousand points, um, mostly sevens in his stats, um, and we'll come to the <laughs> come to that whenever we get there. He can choose from four different lores and gets nine spells. Um, death, light, nehekara, vampires, and undeath. Mm -hmm. um, he is uh, death magic incarnate, um, which doesn't really apply in here other than to say that um, it's only it's only the stuff that he summons if he summons anything or anything undead around him. Mm -hmm. um, Arch necromancer, so he can reroll his miscasts. Yep, um, Supreme Lord of the Undead, so he can triple the amount of stuff he can summon. Um, causes terror, he's undead, he's a large target. Um, staff of Power, you can put Power Dice into that and then use them later. And he also has Heroic Killing Blow, which is really going to screw with... Uh, he has Heroic Killing Blow. It's only, only Heroic Killing Blow for... Uh, you can use a, a Power Dice, every Power Dice you oh, every save. Power dice you can, you can, you can cash it into one attack, yeah. Kill yeah. Blow. yeah, so if you get a nice oh magic phase, you, you never know. Or any God. magic phase. Uh, yep, so he's got a four-up armor, four-up ward, nine books of Nagas, which give him the nine spells, the first of which is always the Lore of Undeath signature spell. So he gets eight others. And then he has Zephet Nebthar, the Mortis Blade, which mm. gives him plus one strength and multiple wounds, D3. So he, strength, he hits at strength eight. Then. Hits at strength, strength eight. eight. Wounding on twos then? Yeah. Twos. Yep. yep, so the Glotkin. Let's talk about Glotkin. Truly the turd sandwich of the new <laughs> Super Lords released in the End Times books. You know, I, 
I, I actually think of all of the superlords, this one is probably the most balanced. He is game. the most balanced. Yeah. And yeah, he has interesting rules. He's just not like the kind of one-on-one -on -one beast that the other guys are. Yeah. You want to talk us through the rules, Tom? Yeah. So the stat line is um, the, the 12 wounds sticks out. That's mm -hmm. the big one. He has 12 wounds um, and they have basically um, removed the cap on that stat for him. So if you have anything that can bump his wounds, that can pretty much go up indefinitely, I guess. Yep. There's no cap. Um, the other stats for Chaos Lord are not really that impressive. They're actually a little lower mm -hmm. than um, just a normal Chaos Lord stats. You've got like weapon skills, six, strength and toughness. Strength and toughness, six, so that's better. Um, and then five attacks and the initiative of one. Initiative is, of one uh, hurts a lot. Truly the thing that lets him down, yeah remembering that other chaos lords have initiative seven yeah uh, you've got glockin on initiative one which is obviously to represent the fact that the big dumb beast that the chaos lord is riding is very slow and yeah. dumb yeah. but it kind of stands out um the big from dumb the beast other is his brother <laughs> right yes. so it kind of stands out from nice, the other bro. combined nice. profile models though which seem to always take the highest initiative that you would expect between the rider and the mount yeah. Like, uh, know. you know, Carl Franz takes a, an initiative that you would assume is his rather than the Griffins. Yeah. And um, the other Chaos Lords in this book do as well. So it's a bit odd that they decided to Make addle this with one. the low initiative of some big dumb monster. But Especially you know. because in the fluff, um, there are definitely <laughs> times where, where like Otto on the back yeah, or, or Earthrack are, are really fast at doing something. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's uh, a bit of a weird choice. But it's a weird one, but it does, you know, unlike the other super lords, it kind of gives him a built-in weakness that yep. other people can obviously exploit quite easily with all the initiative test spells there are in the game so yep it, it's one of the things that makes him probably the most balanced of these new models yep um his rules then he has nurgle's rot which is a regular chaos mutation uh things in base contact with him take a strength one hit in the magic phase um and then there's an individual rule for each of the three brothers of the glotkin uh to represent their contribution to the model of the whole. So Ethrak Glot um, makes the model a level 4 wizard uh, using spells from Lore of Nurgle. Gert Glot, who is the big dumb beast, um, makes it so that one of uh, the model's attacks um, is made at strength 10 with the d6 multiple wounds rule. And then Otto Glot, who is the, the chaos lord out of the three, adds another d6 wounds to the profile in the combat phase and then the one kind of interesting and fun rule they have is the lords d of d6 Nurgle. attacks sorry you, you said d6 wounds is d6 attacks. oh sorry he, yeah adds d6 attacks yep. um in the combat phase <clears throat> yeah the interesting rule is the lords of nurgle which is that the glockkin and all other friendly models within 12 inches that have the mark of nurgle or are demons of nurgle can reroll failed charges so it's kind of something to <clears throat> that you can build an army around that concept mm -hmm. uh, using Glotkin by incorporating a lot of, you know, fast, chargey kind of things like chariots and mm -hmm. and knights. So it's a it's a pretty nice rule. Um, and then the last thing is his strength three breath weapon that can only be used in close combat um, and allows no armor saves. So the 
the thing about the Glotkin is he's kind of a, an infantry blender for sure. Yeah. He's going to do a whole a bunch of damage to stuff in the, the magic phase that are in contact with him. He gets a, a bunch of attacks, a breath weapon, a thunder stomp. So he's going to churn through infantry pretty quickly. Yep. Um, but doesn't really have the stat line to to get into challenges with other big guys. Yeah. Well, some of the other regular special rules he's got, the Eye of the Gods, um, which mm -hmm. is from the Warriors book, uh, impact hits D3, Mark of Nurgle, so he's minus one to hit in close combat. He's poison attacks, regen, and, and terror. So Yeah, the regen definitely helps make him a little more survivable. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, so you guys are both level four, or you're level four, you're level five with eight spells. Um, okay, I'm rolling on the Lore of Nurgle. Oh, I get three ones. And a five. That's very nurgly. Look at that. That <laughs> is very nurgly. Well, and a five. Tom's adopted mm. the full-on nurgle. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to take... Um... Jesse, what about you while he's thinking? Uh, we'll, we'll keep it simple. I think I'm just going to lore master death. Okay. And All right. Then, so that gets uh, you seven spells. Right. That'd be um, So that'd be seven, and then we'll take two for vampires. Uh, then you just get one, right? Because your first one's always rise. Oh, you have eight more on top of that, so that'd be six right. from death and yeah. two from uh, vampires. Seven from death, right? Because you've got six regular spells plus this oh, signature. Yeah. That's yeah. right. I'm going to take yeah. Fleshy Abundance, the Curse of the Leper, um, Miasma of Pestilence, and Rancid Visitations. All right. All right. This is where we're going to roll like uh, two dice magic phases and all this. We just, I'm, I'm just going to push him forward. And get all righty. Yeah, that seems like a all good right, plan. Let's roll off the first turn. Let's get, right. this, part. get this war going. Uh, Glotkin on a four. All right. Nagash on a two. Yep, oh, so. Nagash is done. This ma magic phase <laughs> is just going to wipe him out. All right. So we start, how far? 12 inches away? Tw you're 24. 24. We're 24 yeah. inches 24. Away. And we've got you all lined up in the pit here. So Okay. So, I'm just going to... Uh, what's Nagash's movement? Uh, six. Six? Okay. I am just going to move up to 16 inches away. Okay. 16 inches away, and then I'm going to roll my magic phase. Ah, a four dice magic phase. Three for Jesse <laughs> and four for me. All right. Do you, want, do you channel, Jesse? Oh, I'm, ch uh, I'm channeling. I do not. Nope, no. I do not either. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw all four dice at um, Rancid Visitations. So it's a magic missile um, in strict D6, strength 5 hits. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Okay, goes off. And it's dispelled. And it's dispelled. Right? Okay, two, good, two good, turn, Glotkin. good turn, Glotkin. <laughs> that was All straightforward. Right, over to Nagash. So Glotkin's got a movement of eight, correct? Six. Six, Six also. Oh. Charge. Charge. You're 16 away. Go on. You can yeah, do. we're almost there. I'd have to roll, what, a 10? 10. What's the worst that'll happen? You'll move forward a few <laughs> inches. And then just zap and Glotkin. Then, yeah, <laughs> we'll... Um, <laughs> We'll give uh, we'll give we'll give the charge a shot, um, just because there's no reason not to. So <laughs> True. If we uh, get a ten or a better, now that's a double one. A little bit of snake uh, eyes there. Okay, so you're only fifteen inches away now. That's mm. all right. Glocken gonna get you, bro. Next turn, bro. It's gonna make it a little bit harder to uh, purple sun Glocken off the board, but we'll still be all right. <laughs> all right. So two dice magic phase. Yeah, and a four uh, again, two and two this four time. with no chan one oh. channel. Oh, channel for that. Okay. Do I get two or three? Uh, you got two. Two dice? All right. What have we got? Uh, uh, he's got five and you've got two. This is a bad magic phase for oh. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. 
This will be this will be a purple sun oh, this is magic phase. Sun, so we'll yeah. just, uh, we'll just five do dice one, purple sun. One one cast right there. On a fifteen or better oh, goes off. Yeah. Irresistible oh. force. Oh, right. the gash is going down the hole. So, um, well, let's uh, resolve. That'd this be hilarious force. if you that'd both nice. disappeared off the board. Well, now he does. Now Nagash does have the special rule. He can re-roll miscast. He can. Being, yeah, uh, so you've only got one thirty-six yeah, chance. Uh, there's so. a special rule, Jesse. I'm not sure if you're aware of it. If you actually get dimensional cascade in the pit, you auto win the match. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's true. Oh, there we go. Okay. Well, first of all, we resolve the spell, right? right. Yep. It's going to go in artillery's dice distance. I don't think we. Have uh, we just uh, roll a roll a d six, and on a six, it's a misfire. So we got a two, so that'd be a four. four. That would be a four. Times three, so he's going to go forward 12, 12 inches, inches with the... Uh, the, the big template. Side. Yep. So, and it's a five-inch template, which mm -hmm. means it's two and a half inches in in radius. So I don't have a big template in front of me, but 12 inches plus two and a half inches is only 14 and a half, so it's not... I'm with 15 inches of time. Half an inch away. Yeah, it starts touching the base. Um, so it starts two and a half inches out. Yeah. Also, yeah. oh, it would hit him. Yeah. So it will it hit him. It will hit him. It will hit him. So on. Uh, <laughs> Dang. Well, let's see. Let's right. see if. Let's, let's see if, uh, uh, Okay, Glotkin's gonna take his initiative test. Anything this but a, a one. one. So. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Tom. You can do it. <clears throat> you can do this. it. You I got, got this. You got Glotkin, it. you're my boy, Glotkin. No! no! On a four. <laughs> on a four. Off he goes. Right. This, pot, this pit yeah. highlighted the fatal flaw <laughs> yeah. of the Glotkin. Let's, uh, let's see what happens in the gash. So he would get a calamitous six. Detonation. Calamitous detonation. So Reroll. We'll Reroll re for the re dimensional cascade. A four, yeah. Dimensional <laughs> cascade. And Nagash wins by default. <laughs> he see if you go wins. down the hole. See if you go down the double hole. wins. Yeah, one, two, three. And he's gone on a two. No! Yeah. That's a triple win right there. That's, that's so much win. Wow. All right. Very proud of Let's, you for rerunning I, I would. I would really like to get them into combat. I'd like to though. see what would happen. You know yeah. what the most fun thing is about is with a killing Glotkin with the purple sun? Yeah. You then get to roll 12 dice to see how many new magic dice you get for that turn. Oh, uh, yeah, 12 wounds. Yeah. Right. From the law of death attribute. All right, That's push them nasty. into combat. All, let's right. See what All right, let's see what happens. Let's assume Glock can charge. Let's assume he didn't get the charge, actually. Right. I, don't, I don't need those extra impact hits. I think you do. <laughs> okay, so so let's say Glock can charge, and we'll take the impact hits. Let's say hits. Glock can mm -hmm. charge, uh, do some impact hits, first of all, D3 of them. Two impact hits mm -hmm. at strength six, so he's so going to be wounded on fives. No wounds. So wounds. All right, and then the gash hits first. All right, so he's at initiative six. Um, yeah, you didn't save up any power. I didn't dice save up any city power dice. I was, I was too, busy, <laughs> too busy killing you the first time. So let's uh, see if I can do it the old-fashioned way. Let's triple wins. Yeah. So yeah. From the purple sun. That um, so he'll, 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 cascade. he'll hit on a threes. No right. four is because of Mark and Nerdle. Mark and Nerdle. Yeah. So you got three hits there. Two, three. Uh, strength seven plus one for being the uh, sword, so it'll be a two or better. Three wounds. Three wounds. Okay, three uh, regen your, saves. Your three regen saves. Uh, make one of them, one. so I'm down to ten wounds. Uh, D3 wounds each. Oh, yeah, so. D3 wounds each. So Ooh, five. Three, four, so you're five down to wounds. seven. So I'm down to seven. Oh, it doesn't matter. This is, this is happening right. now. So let's see how many attacks the Glotkin has. He has six plus, uh, five plus two, so seven. And right. one of those is the tentacle attack, which I'm rolling with a different colored dice. So mm -hmm. these all hit on fours. Fours, yeah. The tentacles hit. All right. And four more hits. And four more hits. Mm -hmm. So right. rolled um, a wound. The tentacle is strength 10. Let's see if that wounds. 
No, no now one. you get a one. <laughs> and then the other ones. Oh my gosh, <laughs> triple ones. Nerdles. Triple ones and a two, a whole lot of nothing. Wow. Man, you're so on fire tonight, Tom. Real <laughs> proud of you, real proud right, of you, man. Gash. But Tom, but Tom to get the charge, so uh, you would... I got the charge, but I lost... Oh, Glotkin might run away. <laughs> we decided that Glotkin runs away like Zoidberg. <laughs> yes. He pretty much is Zoidberg. Now, is, he, is he stubborn? Or... Uh, no, no, he's not no. stubborn. No. He's just leadership 10, so what? I got a charge, you got five wounds, uh, oh. so I've lost by four. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking a test on a six. Let's see. Glotkin's running. Running away. He's oh. running, and he's running... Ten. Ten, ten inches. inches. All right, and the guy shall pursue a course. Doesn't uh, catch six him. months there, six inches. Yeah. All right. All right. I think so this has gone that's pretty good, much that's squarely good, yeah. against Glotkin. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, Nagash is is a tough. Nagash has the magical superiority mm. and the combat superiority, so it's For not sure. not a Glotkin no, friendly matchup. No, but Nagash gets to stay in in our ultra heavyweight uh, category because mm. when next time he gets splattered by Carl Franz, maybe Carl Franz, I think, yeah, is going to come in mm. and show Nagash what's what. Yeah, or Malekith. Or Malekith, or, Malekith yeah, somebody, or somebody super. Really. Yeah, well. Anyway, I'm going to keep playing with Glotkin. He's a whole lot of fun. <laughs> I think he, yeah, is. he is fun. such a cool model. And I'm, I'm kind of building an army that's well-suited to him with a lot of chariots now. Yeah, and you and you got to you gotta also pick your targets for him, right? You would never mm-hmm. actually do that oh, yeah. fight in a real battle. So in the, yeah. the recent tournament, the King yeah. of Cascadia, he actually was a star player in a lot of, in Sparkle a lot Party? of the games. In Sparkle Party? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sparkle party. Get, yeah, he took on a whole uh, unit of knights on his own, just annihilated them. Cool. Oh, you forgot to do your automatic strength one. And hit. I forgot to do the breath <laughs> weapon. The breath weapon. The mighty strength uh, breath yeah, weapon. But but even still, I'm pretty sure you're Ruby Zoidberging most yeah, of the Yeah, he was bested in that matchup. Now, as All a, right. As a general DRM, you know, they never ruled him as a large, they never ruled him as an actual large target. <laughs> yeah. But does um, he, does he have ridiculous. a 24-inch inspiring presence? Was no. That no, no, no. He has a 12-inch so, inspiring presence because he's not a large target. 12-inch, and then it would be 18 if he's a large target. Um, there's a few that have a 24 as a special rule. Mm. It was kind of funny at the tournament playing against uh, a Nurgle demon prince who is about a quarter the, <laughs> the size of him and yet is a large target. <laughs> Wow. And uh, Glotkin is not. It's, yeah, it's that's pretty weird. ridiculous. Yeah. 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 The gr- <laughs> what is it? When you when you put a great unclean one beside yeah. uh, beside the Glotkin yeah. model, it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous. Wow. Okay, that was the pit. And uh, we I are... still love you, Glotkin. Mm-hmm. That's that's kinda unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, right. uh, Glotkin rides shotgun. <laughs> Glotgun. <laughs> News and Rumors. Okay, so um, news and rumors. So since we last podcast, we've had um, the Glock King came out because um, it was just uh, it was on the on the horizon when we were last talking, and then uh, the Kane book came out, which, um, as everyone now knows, is all about uh, the elveses. Uh, dark elves and high elves having all sorts of shenanigans, mm-hmm. and Ricky has now finished the lore master. So I, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you to do some more. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I have buttons to fiddle with, knobs and dials. Don't and, we mm. want uh, Ricky to concentrate on saying interesting and wonderful things? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't have any of those. <laughs> um, okay, so so we've had um, Glotkin and Kane. And uh, ha- have there been any other releases from Games Workshop apart from the end time stuff? For fantasy? For fantasy. 
No. 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 Uh, uh, the softbacks are out. The softbacks, mm-hmm. yep, for all of the different books are out. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's rumors on the horizon of End Times number four. Skaven. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Rat Boys. <laughs> the Rat Boys rising. That's right. The rats are back in town. Which is awesome, because if any army does, belongs in the End Times, it's the Skaven. Yeah. Absolutely. The world goes to sh- shenanigans. shenanigans. <laughs> You're well saved. Um, <laughs> Skaven. Yeah, they got to be in there. So it's going to be fun. There's a lot of rumors flying around. Um, in particular, that you know, each of the each of the books so far has had its main protagonist, and the kind of rumored one for the Skaven book is Thanquil, which could be pretty cool. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, he to me is the least interesting of the current special characters you think is he's well, just some like cr- he's like super addicted to warpstone and is hella crazy right yeah i mean <clears throat> he's so he's a he's a gracier um and he's got the big uh bone ripper mm-hmm. um rat ogre bodyguard dude um and yeah everything to do with him is warp but but like in terms of model and and fluff i think i guess he's just extremely skaveny whereas if you look at some of the other skaven special characters like um deathmaster snitch is really kind of cool like a claw is really kind of cool you know i, mm-hmm. I love the models yeah, but for them wasn't wasn't grace here thankful like he had books and he was the arch nemesis of there were no felix, felix and go yeah yeah, yeah. Like, so yeah like, okay he's he has a lot of history behind him yeah he's yeah. In the gw franchise i think yeah. i think they either need to kill him off or or do something epic with supercharge him, him. i yeah. could see that i could see the the 13th or the council of 13 finally taking him out somehow if he doesn't over well, you know, just kill all of well, them. Well, remember in the first End Times book, the, the Grey Seer head of the Council 13, is it Crystallic? Or, no. Got killed. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. died. Um, so the, there was a spot open for a Grey Seer on the Council of 13. That's true. Yeah. And uh, cool. yeah, it Thank could cool. be Thanquil. Yeah. Could be. He could be bigger than Glotkin. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can imagine a cool model for him if they do some super warped giant rat ogre mm-hmm. with him riding oh. like Glockin. maybe maybe that's what it is because the model for thankwall and bone ripper is pretty, it's terrible pretty there, there would have oh, yeah. to there would have to be some new model and it could yeah. be glockin-esque it could be incredible yeah if you had something that was you know really beefy muscly mutated stats. yeah yeah because um well right bone now he doesn't, is, he doesn't ride bone ripper right no he's just but a bone ripper is kind of like mechanicalized almost as well he has like yeah. a, a yeah. warp fire throw on him so that could turn into a really cool giant thing yeah yeah i mean if they redid the rules for thankwall that'd be really cool mm-hmm. um like a lot of the skaven special Think characters cool are, ascendant. are <laughs> they're very overpointed Mm-hmm. you know so right i hope they address some of that anyway and i've heard rumors that there's going to be a new vermin lord kit mm-hmm. yeah so that i mean the alternative room like that there will be a new vermin lord kit i'm sure and the kind of alternative idea is that the vermin lord himself is kind of the main protagonist of the book but it doesn't really fit in as well with i, I don't think that's likely to be true but i don't think so either if you I read through the some... fluff of all of them the gods are in there and they have like side passages mm-hmm. about directly about the gods you know right and the things that are going on as the backdrop to what's happening in the mortal world, which mm-hmm. is where all the models are. And yeah, where most all the of the cool action is going through the kind of mortal avatars of the gods, right? Yeah, so I, I can't see that really being true, but I, I could absolutely see them having a new Vermin Lord 
model of new vermin lord rules you know well yeah and th- i don't think the vermin lord is actually a specific god it's kind of the they're usually of like a well, they're rat usually, is the god they're usually like orion you know how orion was like an avatar yeah that's usually what the uh, vermin lord is they yeah he's the avatar they would the, make the sacrifices avatar, the they would use a lot of warp stone and they would summon one but they would have to kill some gray seer to do it usually yeah and then and then that that guy would run amok for a little while and then they would have to uh well, and I could see, especially like in the case of Glotkin, where it's a brand new character. I don't think it would be unreasonable to say that they might create a new Vermin oh, Lord. Oh, I know. Or, or it's true. Or even a Skaven whole new clan. Have a, mm-hmm. have a history <laughs> of new clan, interesting new clan. characters already. A whole new clan? That would be a big retcon. Yeah. Uh, no, because new clans rise all the time. You think? Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if you look through... So, I mean, you've got three Skaven players at the table here. Um, <laughs> even though I don't have the army, I've played them a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, if you read through, like, the Skaven heraldry book... Um, oh, there's, it, like, 20, it, I think. Yeah, yeah there's I a bunch of clans that, in there, and they talk about, like, uh, the rise and fall of, of the clans and the different strengths and, you know, how they've... Um, I, some of them have been mighty once and now are, are the drags, and, and some are on the rise and what have you, right? So, yeah... There's there's the big four clans right that everybody knows, but um you know if you read the Skaven background the the clan Pestilence was was a nothing clan until um until they they started taking on all this kind of disease and invaded Lustria and and got all of these cool poisons and diseases yeah, and as then kind part of, of all of that and, like blackmailed and usurped their way into the council and that and this is this is the Skaven way yeah, right yeah. that's 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 how you prove your worth <laughs> yeah so so I don't think new clans necessarily a retcon I think it's more like an advancement of the storyline could be yeah. yeah well the nice thing is all the all the clans uh, you know the night runners and the and the, and the plague ones, everything's so overdue for a plastic kit anyways or a new one yeah. yeah I think it opens up a lot of opportunities I I think yeah the there's a few. There's just a couple of the Skaven kits that are not great that need a, a, a facelift. And if they did those, you've got, you know, whole new army and the and the um, or whole new army book potentially, and the end times all could be you know kind of combined mm-hmm. into into one period of releases. So that'd be exciting. That'd be exciting if that happened. Still nothing on on <clears throat> Bretonians or Beastmen. Um, so. No, it looks like that'll be after Ninth Edition now. Could be Bretonians versus Beastman in Ninth in the new box. Who knows? Ooh, Could be. That'd be fun. Well, there was there was a rumor coming around that the book five, when it eventually comes out, they're looking at uniting the you know the different human the human elements. So mm-hmm. it's very likely uh, that Bretonians and Empire will get combined at the very end there. Yeah, yeah, um, that'll be interesting to see what happens there, because mm-hmm. Bretonia, as it stands right now, is pretty much non-existent. Yeah, yeah it's it's, done, right? it's yeah annihilated non-existent but they 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 feature so heavily in all of the in all of the fluff which is unusual because mm-hmm. i don't think the bretonians have really gotten much love for no any well, of eighth edition or no, seventh or not much they've been kind of bland um for quite a while it's like here's the king arthur mythos just mm-hmm. kind of poured it over to warhammer and and it was the same with the wood elves you know it's like here's wood elves that are vaguely based on oberon and titania from a midsummer night's dream <laughs> like okay shakespeare in warhammer <laughs> Um, okay, so any other rumors of stuff to come? Nah. No, nope, no. Nah. It's a lot nah, of people wish listing about Skaven with no mm-hmm. firm, yeah. no I firm think, um, tidbits. Yeah, I think Kane kind of broke end times hype for me. It did a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's, we the can fact they didn't that, release any models, you know. And the rules were so. And the rules were. Weird. 
just way overpowered. Well, yeah, I mean, and then they gave them three different legions, and everybody else has only gotten one that has some kind. You know, some of them have restrictions. Yep. This one was, yeah, it's just kind of like, ugh. yeah, yeah. So they basically took two of the most powerful armies in the game and mixed in the Wood Elves, which is arguably still a powerful army, and said, "Go to town." <laughs> and on top of that, now we're going to take all the rules you want. <laughs> now we're going to make all these crazy magic phase things happen that just mm. kind of takes the magic phase, it, the tactics out of the magic phase from what I can, you know, mm -hmm. from the games that we've played. Uh, it just, it's like, just feels like completely random. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't even feel as good as storm of magic, which is saying something, you know, because storm of magic is a crazy magic phase yeah but at least it's a bit more predictable are we are we going to talk in depth about what what happened in the cane rules now or do we want to um, save that for when we review that book I, I don't know because um like you said yeah we should probably keep it for when we d we talk a little bit about the review there but but the upshot of it all was that that uh, let, let's cover it really quick mm -hmm. um the magic phase um goes from 2d6 to 4d6 um you uh, have to roll a you pick your spell pick the target and then you roll a d6 to see the maximum number of power dice that you can commit to that spell and you must commit at least one mm -hmm. not to mention every caster has the lower master ability those with lower master get to re-roll casting yep and uh any spell that is a 15 plus um can only be cast once per magic phase but anything under than that other that can be cast as many times as long as you cast it successfully mm-hmm um, but I think we were all playing that wrong, because we were say we were saying a successful cast is as long as you meet the casting value. Yep. Then it's successful and you can keep casting it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I read mm -hmm. all these arguments online about what constitutes a successful cast, mm -hmm. and there's some wording in the main rulebook that suggests a successful cast is only something that is not then dispelled. Yeah. So that would change things a little bit. Yeah. A little, but not <clears throat> a huge amount, right? Well, um, it would have stopped some of the chaining we did, yeah, but would, not yeah. as not, right. Not all. It's of still it. not huge, but yeah. no. But it, it means that that um, the the really effective spells become the cheap ones, exactly, because they're the ones you can rely <clears throat> on. And the best wizards in the game are now a night goblin shaman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, because Death by paper cuts. they get an extra dice to throw at every at every spell. So. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and on top of that, there were end time spells, which are basically the, some of the storm of magic spells mm -hmm. plus a few others. And they're super cool, but nobody ever really wants to cast them because they're all very high casting value spells and you have to roll that dice to determine how many dice you're allowed to throw. Exactly. So, so sorry, you have to roll that die no. to determine how many dice you oh, throw. Okay. Little, little aside here, little aside. Mm -hmm. The word dice now in the English dictionary means both singular and plural. Really? Yes. Oh, suck it, Riley. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> He's corrected me on that like five times. Yeah, yeah. Um, Riley is our resident grammar nerd on our, on our Google Hangout. Um, okay, so uh, <laughs> and he's probably going to call me out on that on the Hangout as soon as he hears that. Um, so that's... that's um, those are the rules, yeah. And they did, they kind of knocked, knocked things for a loop. We were super excited. We, we painted up um, a whole bunch of signs to go and march around outside the Games Workshop mm -hmm. with the 
end times like like we were all kind of flagellants ready for <laughs> ready for the end of the world and honestly from what i've read so far the kayan storyline is awesome and i'm still super excited for the rest of the story it's just the rules were a little like too outlandish in that yeah. book and it has yeah. kind of ruined my buzz about playing end times games in general yeah see i'm I've, I've stayed excited about it. I don't think it's. I don't think it's really ruined my experience with it. I think it's just firmly made the end times for you know uh, friendly play. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. It's, it's yeah. made it pretty clear to me that it's. You know, this isn't meant for tournament play anymore. Um, this isn't something that you know you, you can play and expect to win or play to win. Yeah. Um, you know, there are rules for narrative play. There are rules for friendly play. And maybe um, if you kind of pick and choose the bits of the end time mm-hmm. rules that you want to use. And if, and if you're playing for fun, you know, <clears> no one's going to win at all costs and build those power gamey, those, those net lists that everyone's already talking about. Because I remember the same thing happened when uh, the Chaos Legions came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone's saying, oh, these, these armies are going to roll. They're going to be impossible to beat. And yeah. I've, I've, I've personally at least yet to meet someone who's, who's made a win at all cost Chaos Legion list. That well, hasn't you weren't, been you weren't at Sparkle Fire. I wasn't yeah. at Sparkle Fire. We we'll, we'll, we'll get to that when designed. we get to the tournament yeah. zone. Yeah. <laughs> There were two well-designed Chaos Legions lists yeah. there. And I think, um, you know, I, I, I feel like some of the end time stuff is balanced enough to include in a tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think everything up to Kane was. Uh, yeah, I King think so. Kane, I, I think, think so. Kinda, I just I um, think the, the two legions before that could be abused a little. And mm-hmm. as long as you, like, you know, had some semblance of theme in your list, it would chaos, prevent the worst abuses. Chaos and legions would just be people, really fun. Yeah, chaos legions that people were really scared at first. I remember there were there were there were weeks of people kind of you know worry <clears> about you know a herd stone with the with the, yeah. the pink flamers. And, and then King yeah. came out and everybody's like, whoa, 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 wait, <laughs> nothing. There's nothing wrong with chaos mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I don't know. I think the, w- 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 yeah, the chaos legion stuff it's and good. is it's fun. I really I don't want think to keep it's, playing with Chaos Legion. I don't think, I think it's any it's... worse than than some of the how you can abuse some of the other books. Sure, well, I mean and it it's is, a little worse, but the the demons take a big hit in the legions of Chaos rules because they yeah. get kind of regular unstable rules. Yeah, which means that what you see from legions of Chaos is pretty much just warriors of Chaos plus a couple of things from the demons book and still basically no beastmen yeah. because they're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, so um, that's kind of uh, the news and rumors section. Um, I don't think there's anything else we really need to talk about. Un- the sky is falling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll continue to fall. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping there'll be more End Times books after the fourth one. Um, I don't see how they could wrap it up in one book. We've got to no, talk about Lizard Man Ogres. You know, there's, there's, yeah, I think there's going to be at least two more. Yeah. There's still a whole bunch of races out there that we have... Yeah, no idea what's going they, on with them. They, yeah, they've but... all but confirmed book five coming out, and that being you know kind of based on the good, mm-hmm. the forces are good, and that'll likely be where Empire, maybe Dwarves fall in. But but it yeah. also has to be like the Archaean invade, invasion. Mm-hmm. The last well, book. Well, I don't know if we'll actually get that in the end times or whether that will. Be I don't think it'll be resolved itself. in the end times, but I think it'll it'll start begin. The well, invasion will begin. Very well be. I mean, you're seeing a lot of individual models get rules, you know, in other books. So like we got Carl Franz and the in the Glotkin book. Yeah. Um, so I think it's very likely we might just see an Archaeon, you know, unleashed model or something. I mean, Archaeon's that. nasty as he is already. Mm. He is. Um, okay, I'm going to throw this out there as a prediction of something that has probably no basis in fact, but then, you know, Games Workshop generally does stuff that's kind of random and, and nobody expects. 
I predict that the lizard men are going to do something crazy and drastic with their, you know, geomantic web or whatever it is that they do. And it's literally going to reshape the face of the Warhammer world. It's going to make the maps look different. Ooh. What? Yeah. Is it going to become like uh, Pangea or whatever the big component was? I think uh, it's going to literally change the shape of things. So it's no longer the, the no longer real basically world. the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Plus Ulthuan. I, I think it's plus a circle. I think it's going to annihilate races that you know maybe don't don't feature only feature as mentions in the fluff. Um, I think I think they're literally gonna well, I think cause a, huge upheaval. I think a big part of what they're doing in the end times is like shrinking that world down so that all the exciting stuff is happening in the yep. old world. Yep. Like a lot of the, all the different races, you know, you've been introduced to the fact that they're on the move. Yeah, like their homeland is being decimated, whatever. And I think they're pushing all the races into a smaller geographical region. I I agree. And you know, the lizard men have already been tipped as as leaving Lustria. Ogres, the ogres are left. leaving. Yeah. Uh, dark elves have left. Nagarai. Yeah. I, you know, I can see that whole. Neokara has been emptied of all its skeletons who are marching exactly. with Nagash. Exactly. Like, yeah. So so I could see everything taking a, a huge physical upheaval, geographical mm-hmm. upheaval. And I think if you see any of the lizard men, I mean, I think you're most likely to see it in the next book that comes out because Skaven have always been one of their biggest uh, yeah I can see the next book having Skaven Lizardman Dwarves um, mm-hmm. Orcs and Goblins right yeah. the, those are going to be the races in there so. see, we can finally see oh, Mazda man, Mundi I'll be overwhelmed Ricky will be wow. in heaven it'll reignite your, your uh, end times uh, passion yeah of course yeah. but I mean you're not a big fan of elves and Kane is is you know elves on steroids the elf I am a big fan of elves actually I do I? like elves I just uh, I'm not a big elf fan. I don't know. Elf. Yeah, I, I love. I would. I would do. I would go back to my wood elves if uh, if I just had more time in life. I think. Yeah. I would. I'd. I'd. You know, add those new models that came out. You those just need really to cool, retire. Soon, I, I know. I, how That's can it. I retire early? Yeah, we need to become independently wealthy. <laughs> all right. Somebody pay me to paint all the <laughs> my own stuff, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> right there, you go. <laughs> Okay, so let's uh, let's wrap up news and rumors, and uh, we'll run on into the tournament zone. The tournament zone. So a couple of weeks ago, we had Sparkle Party Deathmatch Five, which is is the anniversary of the original Sparkle Party Deathmatch. Which was when uh-huh. I when I met Ricky for the first time. Aww. Yeah. It was your anniversary. It was our anniversary. And uh, was it really? Like, yeah. I thought it was even one more. It was anniversary plus one, wasn't it? Um. Well, it was. It was the. Yeah, I guess it would full been, year, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. You know. Except that it it actually was delayed several months because of the venues. True. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that was unfortunate, and the venue wasn't built. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but so so, uh, we talked a little bit about what the rules were in the last one. Um, mm-hmm. So let's, um, Tom, you were you were there as a player. I was there as a player. Jesse unfortunately had to had to work. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you talk through what you thought was good and bad about the tournament? I don't think it was too much bad about the tournament as a whole. The tournament as a whole about your games <coughs> about so you we know, yeah we were rules. using. Full end times rules apart from the crazy new magic rules. So everything else released in Nagash, 
Glotkin, Kane was allowed. So all the Legion's yep. armies, Law of Undeath, all that stuff. And we allowed from the Glotkin book, we allowed uh, Chaos Legion armies to use that in some summon Infernal, Infernal yeah. uh, Legion spell. Which didn't seem like such a big deal until it transpired on the day yeah. that everyone was <laughs> only interested in using that spell to summon skull cannons. I was very table, disappointed in everybody. Which, uh, I was yeah. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> yeah, I was involved in that tactic a little myself, <laughs> or always planning to. I never actually managed to summon a skull cannon in any of my games because I was running the famed combination of a whole lot of beastmen with the Glotk. <laughs> which i think is just an awesome combination it was an awesome combination but i think i only got like four magic phases in the whole tournament yeah so the 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 standouts for me were uh you know the the hidden scenarios on the cards oh, were yeah. fantastic mm -hmm. we had eight cards that looked a lot like um the battle magic cards and on one side was the scenario, and on the other side was how you reported your results. And I think that mechanic works incredibly well. Yeah, um, so it forced people so you to turn, turn it in as a little score yeah. sheet afterwards. Yep, so. and uh, you picked your, your, your scenario at the... Um, once you'd rolled off for sides, I think it was when you picked your scenario, mm -hmm. and then... Um, you kept it hidden until the end. Of so the, the scenarios were really interesting and definitely added a lot to the game. So just running through the ones I can remember using, I had one game in which there was a river across the middle of the field and I deployed in such... Well, I had a deployment zone that looked like I was going to be able to control one of the bridges pretty well as long as I played my cards right. So I used the mission where you have to hold either a building or a bridge. Mm -hmm. um, and it played into my strategy a little bit, making sure that I got my general on the bridge at the end of the game. To get the extra points. To yeah. get the extra points. Um, in the second round, I got drawn against an army that I just literally knew that I had no chance of beating. <laughs> it was it was um one of the super nasty Chaos Legions lists that was at the event. That you actually know, won the tournament. It the won end, the yeah. tournament um, by yeah. a long way. And uh, yeah, it had all of the nasty things you can <laughs> combine from Chaos Armies. A Flying Doomble with three upward save... Uh, Zeech BSB with three upward reroll one Nurgle Demon Prince Chimeras, Herdstone surrounded by pink horrors. All I I knew that I had literally no chance in hell of beating that army. So I played a card in which uh, you could gain points um, by actually losing the game as long as you mm -hmm. managed to have at least a model left at the yeah, end of the game. Yeah, it was called Heroic Last Stand. Heroic Last Stand. You had to have at least one model So you got more and more points for the worse you got beaten, mm -hmm. up until the point where if you lost all your models, you could no longer get any points. Yeah, so you, it, it keeps people from just conceding. Mm -hmm. If they concede, they get zero points. Right. If they if they get um, tabled at zero points. If they get tabled at zero points. But so if they, they put up a fight but just yeah. lose because they're outmatched, yeah. then you can get some points. So it's your... um, It was your... Um, yeah. Rock, paper, scissors, counter. Yeah. I played that yeah. card. I tried to put up a fight, but unfortunately I was so outmatched that I did. I lost every single model. Yeah. <laughs> Glotkin himself got purple sunned off the table turn two, um, yeah. and the rest of the army just folded. <laughs> yeah, and, so. and I ran into that uh, that list as well and uh, lost every single model too. Um, however, I 
I, I put a lot of that down to the fact that turn one, um, I lost my screaming bell to a dangerous terrain test, mm. um, which immediately takes away the two up ward that the Gracier has against death magic. Sure. And straight away he was death sniped off and there was no magic phase for me for the rest of the game. So it was kind of an unfortunate event, you know, but, yeah. but I still think it would have been a really tough thing for me to squeeze any points out, sure. of, that, out, of, out of that list. Um. The, the saving grace of that list is that it was beautifully painted and played by uh, Riley, who's a, a fun guy to play against. So I still yeah. had a lot of fun in that game. Yep. And then in my third game, um, I played against another Beastman list, and I used a scenario card that forced me to get as many units as I could into my opponent's deployment zone at the end of the game. Um, so we were using also kind of a random deployment system in the game where you would roll 2d6 and um, that would determine whether you deployed using regular battle line battle for the pass or meeting engagement yep. Yep. so in my third game we rolled for the meeting engagement where there's obviously massive deployment zones so i thought i would uh yeah, take advantage play it smart of that. and try and get my use my deployment zone card in that game yep. so yeah the the cards were great because um, when we played them after rolling off for decide, but uh, after rolling off for table side, but mm -hmm. before deploying. That's right. Yeah. So you could kind of you know scan out the scenery on the table and uh, where you'd be deploying, and then kind of formulate a strategy around this yep. card. And I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I, <clears> I think <throat> the the only thing that I really didn't like in the whole tournament was the the infernal summoning. Because I ran into two <laughs> to two lists where you know there were both extremely hard lists already, already, um, yeah, and then they would bring in skull cannons, mm -hmm. and it's like okay, well I've got a bombs that just die to skull cannon fire, um, you know, and uh, the skull cannon, you know, at 110 points is a very nasty choice in a demons list. It's a very nasty choice in a Warriors of Chaos list, but being able to cast a spell and just bring, bring one, one on before the shooting phase, <laughs> before the and shooting then, phase, yeah, yeah, and then shoot with it, um, yeah, it's, it did, yeah, it, it was pretty horrible. I killed three skull cannons in one game. Nice, um, but they just kept coming back. Yeah, pop up skull cannons. Yeah. So um, the reason I don't think that the Warriors list is is terribly broken, like the the Legion list itself. Um, yeah, I said I, I got tabled in one, you know, there was pretty bad luck in, in that. Um, but in the other one, I got a 10-10 draw, even after I lost my grace here to a skull cannon. And that was another turn very one. tough list. Yeah, another very tough list. A lot of list. disc riders. Yep, yep. Um, all, all the best stuff from the warrior. It wasn't mm. the pink horrors around the herdstone, um, <clears throat> but it uh, it did have this that was the one that was played by matt beasley mm -hmm. um it did have uh you know all of the nasty stuff from warriors in there um skull it had a skull cannon on on in his in actual base list, list to begin and then with summoned another one yeah so uh, you know I, i'd be happy enough to continue to see those those um legion lists um mm -hmm. i would like to see something along the lines of if you take a legion list you must have at least 50 percent to one god or something like that as a way to just to impose a bit of theme I mean, hopefully people will impose their own theme if mostly they, they run a mostly legion. they do yeah but uh you know it, it's it's not a huge deal to me if i want to play a, a, a super balanced tournament i would i would not 
you know, start right. imposing those kinds of rules in it sure. and do something else. You so just do Swedish instead. Do Swedish instead, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you want to talk a little bit about Sparkle Party 6? It's coming up uh, ne- next year, Ricky? Um, <laughs> sure. So, yeah, I'm glad everybody came out to Sparkle Party 5. Should, should really quick, just, I'll just, just do a do shout out to the yeah, wins? Yeah, I'll, I'll just go through the uh, um Dang. I was, I was hoping to avoid the shame of not <laughs> the being in the top three for <laughs> the first time. <laughs> the top three uh, winners. Um, overall, this is just the overalls, uh, was Riley uh, with his Chaos Legion, uh, then Matt Beasley with his Chaos Legion, and then Ryan Munsell with his Lizardmen. Yep. And, um, yeah, it's the two top um, the two top players were using Chaos Legions, but to be fair... And skill summoning. Um, they, yeah, and skill cannon summoning. <laughs> But to be fair, those two probably would have been at the top table with any yeah. army they had. Yep. So They're I'm not really sure. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, I find it really hard to blame that on Chaos Legion. Um, the, the cannon summoning, yeah, that's definitely never going to happen. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I really started to feel. Well, and, and you know. By day two, you were like, just stop summoning skull yeah, cannons. Yeah, come on. Summon, summon a beast of Nurgle or something. At least <laughs> yeah. give people a chance, right? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Power Hindsight's gamers 20- will be power gamers. Hindsight's blah. 2020. Yeah. I, I yeah. tried to summon a skill cannon um, to shoot Carl Franz, but that didn't work out. And then, let's see. Let me just go. Uh, Who do we get Who do we get for painting there? So painting ended up being, I believe, uh, it was a three-way tie, and it had to be broken. Um, I believe it went Riley, then Josh, then Soul. I can't remember how. But yeah, they they literally had a three way tie, and I had I to break it based Josh on. Josh took home the the gold. The gold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh he, yeah, he did. Yep, it was Josh. Yeah, because uh, he yeah. posted on Facebook after with his two gold medals. Yeah. Um, he Good. got one for best painted and one for player's choice. Or yeah, something like yeah. That. He mm. ended up. Yeah, he cleaned up on the painting because he's got a really cool VC army that was uh, really well done. None yep. of I don't think any of us have seen that before. No, I hadn't seen and, anything. Uh, it was clean good good clean army yep well well done so um crowd pleaser yeah Yeah. uh so yeah it was i had a i had a great time i like i don't think i ever want to do a one-day event again because the two-day events um you know you set up one day then you can go home early that one night and come back and then you worry about breaking down the next night when it's not so late and mm-hmm. it's yeah. just it spread it out in a way that Less was stressful yeah and i it was made it a lot easier for me to judge painting i had so much more time to judge painting um and and to you know hound people who didn't turn in their sheets like in the past if people don't turn in their sheets i i didn't notice until the next day when i was going through all everybody's results um, you know, I could go through stuff that night and be like, okay, I got to hound these three people tomorrow morning to give me their sheets. So that helped a lot. So, yeah. Um, and the new venue was awesome. I really yeah. liked it. Agreed. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So let's talk about six now. <laughs> so <laughs> six, excuse me. <coughs> Still getting over a cold here. Uh, six is going to be the, um, 2,500 points. Um, it's going to be April 11th and 12th at Cafe or Mox Boarding House in Bellevue, Washington, which is basically Seattle, just across the water a little bit here. Um, and it is uh, two days again. What else does I need to tell you? I need to tell you that it's Regiments of Renown. Um, so what this is, is uh, it's kind of uh, going back to what I did with the Sparkle Giant. Um 
where everybody gets to take a free thing uh, on top of their normal army. Um, in this case, it's going to be a, a regiment um, that is going to gain rules and abilities throughout the tournament based on how it gets used or how well you use it in your games. So they get to level up? Yeah, they basically level up. And so if you you know, treat them right, you use your army to support them, and you achieve your scenarios with them like you're supposed to, um, by game five, you have a little Death Star. Yeah, you could have you could have a nice little infantry Death Star. So what it is, it's 29 models with full command. Um, they are armed with hand weapon and shield, and they start with human stat lines. So um, they would be, you know, just, you know, move four, threes, and then leadership seven. So um, they're, they're pretty basic, but they're going to be gaining all kinds of cool cool stat bonuses, um, cool rules, and a lot of it's going to be based on um, the missions. And the missions are going to be done the same way that we did mission cards at Sparkle Party 5. So you'll get to pick what the mission is for that regiment that turn, um, or that round, and if you accomplish it, then you'll probably get to roll on a certain table that correlates to that kind of mission. And then, so in addition to those 29 models, there's going to be also a hero model, and you're allowed to make your hero um, uh, fit in the unit so that you'll have a nice block of 30. So you can either run it as a horde, you can run it, you know, 5 by 6 or however you want to run it. And uh, the hero is going to be basically a, a empire captain. So he has a little bit better leadership and starts off with some <laughs> slightly better stats. Um, but he's a hero. He has to deploy with the unit. No other characters can join that unit. So if you not if you don't work to support your regiment of renown by the end of the tournament, they're probably still going to be lame lame humans. Um, you really support them, play smart with them, and and uh, work to level them up. Then they'll level up pretty fast, and you'll have a little beast mode unit at the end cool and the cool thing i wanted to do is um people can model them however they want um they just have to be represent infantry in some way um they can be on any base size you want yes you could do it with blight kings if you wanted to have a movement <laughs> for a unit that's you 30 know, models, uh, 30 yeah. models. 30, um, 40 by 40 yeah models. it would be it would be huge and just trying to wheel would take you half the game so um, but you're welcome to do that. Uh, so you can do 20s, 25s. If there, it just gives uh, people an opportunity to be like, oh, I'm, I'm really interested in doing a unit of savage orcs because I love the models, but I probably don't want to do a whole orcs and goblins army. So now they can go ahead and do that. Um, if you turn up to the event without um, a, a regiment of renown, then you don't get to play with them so yeah um, everybody else is going to have another big infantry block and, yep. yeah so and you won't get any of the mission points because yeah. you don't yeah. have it so yeah. you can still play for battle points but it'll be just like you know sparkle giant if you turn up without something then um, there you go yep and they'll be your entry into the painting competition yes. so just like we did with the sparkle giant because i really like that with the sparkle giant the the painting contest was crammed full of entries because everybody built a giant because it was right. free so um, this should be kind of the same situation where everybody's building a unit, um, and so everybody should be able to participate. Um, so there you go. All right. um, yeah, April 11th and 12th. I think that'll be an awesome... 
tournament. It's a yeah. fun concept yeah. for sure. Oh, uh, comp will be also changing just a little bit. What we're gonna do, um, this is, and this is all subject to change depending on what happens in the next, you know, end times books. But um, you will be allowed to do a legion, like one of the legions from the books, or you'll be able to do mono book with storm of magic, um, monstrous arcanum, all those other things bound into it. So it's going to be an either or. You can't do both. You can't take a legion plus um, bound stuff anymore. So we're going to kind of do a little bit of, of dancing out. there. So yeah, that's um, cool. I like that. Yeah. So um, so um, you can take your your Kadai destroyer in your in your <coughs> mono skaven list if you really want to. Yep. Um, so yeah. you're gonna so the um, elven legions are in. Uh, yeah, but we're yeah. ignoring the rule that says whenever you use an elven yeah. legion, you yeah. have to use the end times magic. Yeah, rules. we're not gonna use those end times magic rules. No, mm -hmm. it'll be basic. Mm -hmm. So, right. um, <coughs> and then uh, I feel like I'm forgetting something. But oh. all, all the rules will be on the forum. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they will be, and they might be changing a little bit um, as the new end time books come out. Um, so follow if, that space. Yeah, I mean, if you're an overly competitive tournament player, Sparkle Party might not be for you um, because of this more open comp. But if you're, if you can roll with it, go for it. Open comp <laughs> is also very open to abuse, which suits yeah. uh, competitive <laughs> players too. So yeah. there's something for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Come on down. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. So um, speaking of of competitive play, um, the last tournament of the 2014 Masters season for the Northwest is in just two weeks. Wow. Um, I, I've got to get my finger out and do a few things to prep for it, but uh, I'm running this King of Cascadia tournament. It was originally meant to be um, an eight-person playoff um, to decide who was the um, master for the Northwest region, plus an open tournament for everyone else who wanted to qualify for for masters, but a combination of having to push back the date again because the venue wasn't built, and um, and also um, the fact that not everybody who has qualified can come down for the tournament means that it's just going to be the open event. So whoever wins this event and hasn't already qualified for masters in the Northwest um, will win a spot, and then the highest ranked player after that. Um, uh, across the whole region will win the final spot for the team. So the other eight spots have already been claimed. Um, and uh, four of them are from Canada and four of them are from Washington State. So mm. we have no Oregon players on the team. Come right on, now. Oregon. Um, a few Oregon guys out. turned down they spots. Turn down the spots. Yeah, just yeah. Um, because of, of uh, various other commitments. I um, noticed that nobody at this table has qualified. Very true. <laughs> yep. Um, We're not very good at this game. No. <laughs> uh, or maybe we hey, just don't take it as seriously. I think yeah, I'm beating you, Tom. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I think you are. You get all the paid points. Uh, actually, you actually, hoard the paid points. Uh, am I the highest person at this table? You are. You're like the oh, smaug well, of the smaug of paid points. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he's got a little uh, treasure hoard of, of best <laughs> best paid, paid, best paid, paid trophies. trophies that he sleeps on at night. You know? That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Tiffany sleeps on the couch. I sleep with those. <laughs> <laughs> um, so King of Cascadia, January third and fourth, um, at the Mox Boarding House in Bellevue, Washington. Twenty five hundred points. Swedish Comp uses the Masters Comp Pack. 
Um, so if you're interested in, in trying to represent uh, the Northwest um, at the Masters, at the national stage, then um, this is your last chance to do so. So, Or if you just want to have an awesome time. Yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a fun, it'll be a fun, a half, at least half of the Masters team is going to be there, mm-hmm. um, it seems like. And, and it's uh, a great venue and also it's a really just a great venue. We'll have a private well, private so. bar um, and, and really great food on site. And uh, yeah, should have uh, should be should be a good tournament. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, my, my first Swedish. Yeah, my my son Fintan, um, who is nine, um, could potentially win and go to Masters. That'd be <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Um, but I told him that the other day, and he's like, I I don't want to do that. He was just intimidated by the idea. Yeah, of put him on a plane on his own and send him off to North Carolina to <laughs> play one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think I would do that. I'm, you know, I, I'm all about independence as a parent, but that's maybe taking it a little, a little bit too far. Go on, son. Yeah, off you Kick go. Some ass. Yeah, that's it. Back in my day. So Glotkin. Book two of the end times. I'm going to summarize it real quick. Mm-hmm. Nurgle comes to the empire, kicks some butt, wrecks a whole pile of the stuff. The beastmen join in. There's a big fight at Altdorf and lots of things die. The end. Um, so that's, that's kind of the summary. Um, like the empire at the end of it is is wrecked um and and nurgle has made a huge impact by killing a whole bunch of people with uh a plague you know they've 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 taken out so much of the population this is at the end of nagash at the end of at the end of uh glock oh at the end of the glock we've got all the way to the end of the well i just i just i'm just like summarize this is this is what happens Mm. um um so we'll go through we'll go through (laughs) what's that i just said keep up tom (laughs) tom's too busy reading it's like oh i I found this bit that i forgot i read before okay so let's let's go through the the fluff i don't i don't think like so speaking in general um it didn't grip me in the same way that Nagash did. Me neither. Um, or in the way that Kane is now. Yeah. And like the big difference, well, one of the big differences between Glotkin and those two other books is that the other ones all build upon these like very rich characters that we have like grown up with as Warhammer players, basically, who are like ingrained in the Warhammer story. Whereas the, the main protagonists in the Glotkin story are a whole bunch of new chaos characters who are leading this invasion, who are invented specifically for the story and are event like pretty much dead by the end of the story. So yeah, it's very self-contained rather than feeling like there's a, there's a part that of the Warhammer narrative. Yeah, I think there's that, <clears> and there's also like I find the chaos characters a, a little. A little faceless, a little flat. Yeah, I mean, with the exception of Fe- Festus, is pretty interesting. Yeah, Festus is fun. Um, but like, really, the the chaos characters are all just like, rar chaos, right? I'm, and it doesn't. I'm crazy. So the Glotkin it gives a little bit about their background. So yeah. Glotkin, um, you know, just to introduce this character, it's yeah. these 
uh, three brothers who grew up um, in Norska with some, their parents kind of emigrated from the empire to Norska to try and like bring religion and like medicine or whatever to the wild Norskan people. And then that was all good. And then um, in some empire raid, their parents ended up getting killed and they just went kind of crazy and uh went native with the norskans yeah went with the norskans but even at their birth actually there had been something that their mother was dying in childbirth and their father prayed to all the gods to help um his wife survive and the only god who was listening was nurgle and Uh, when the uh, kids were born they each had the little trilobe uh nurgle birthmark on them so they were they were you've got one of those tom right yeah right (laughs) i just discovered it the other day (laughs) After I got Nurgle obsessed. But where is it? <laughs> you don't want to know. You don't want to know. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but where is it? <laughs> um, yeah, so... Back on topic. Yeah. So so they were, they were touched by Nurgle from birth, but they only really start to embrace chaos and Nurgle once, you know, the Empire has killed their parents. And uh, they just completely devote themselves to, to chaos and the idea of reaping ruin on the empire and um the book basically begins with archaeon deciding that before he launches his own um invasion of the empire he wants the empire to be already ravaged by another invasion and the most efficient invasion would be something nurgly that involves a lot of plague and uh you know weaken the empire through disease yep yep and so, and so this is what happens, right? Um, <clears throat> the Glock can come down, um, swing through the empire, um, in, uh, in pretty short order, right? They, they, there's the march. So there's a great map actually in the book. Yeah. So um, there's a three pronged attack, which is all summarized in this, this map. Yeah. I just, I just opened my book right to it. It's on page 78 of the book. So there's a three-pronged attack, one of which is led by the Glotkin themselves, who land in Marienburg and ruin that city. There's a little bit where some vampire counts help protect that city. Yeah, and that's um, that's actually a bit of a theme throughout this, is that the vampire counts, of course, being immune to the plague, right? Um, they're the only things that are really healthy enough to help protect the And having the already city. established yeah. in Nagash that there's kind of a alliance of convenience between the Empire and the undead. Yep. Uh, the undead are helping. Um, the other two prongs of the attack are led by more new characters who have been uh, invented for the story. Mm-hmm. There's the three Magoth lords, um, and they launch a kind of covert attack on the city of Talibheim. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's basically just the three of them to start with, and then they pick up a few more followers at the Brass Keep. Yeah, and, um, and I think that they are the ones that they're in there to... They... Um, pull in the beastmen. They pull right? in the beastmen, yeah. And then the beastmen pull in. No, the de- uh, pull in the demons, right? Who who pulls in the no beast the, the 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 beastmen join um the tentacle. Oh, Gutrotspoon. Gutrotspoon, who is another his, character that's invented. another new character yeah. who leads the third prong of the attack. You're right. Um, which heads pretty much straight for Altdorf, but is waylaid by some goblins in the Drakwald, who right. they butcher. Yep. Wait, which, what? 
They butcher them, Ricky. The goblins die forest in goblins. their droves. It's all right, they're forest dying. goblins. They're not real goblins. Yeah, forest goblins, spiders. Yeah. Yeah. The Magoth Lords, I think, are entirely just in the book because somebody came up with a cool concept for a model and was like, all right, let's... Let's, let's rock let's and roll with it. do this. <laughs> yeah, because it's a new kind of uh, beastie and a new set of rules. And mm-hmm. Yeah, the kits are super cool. The kits yeah. are cool. The three of them, they just turned it into something in the book. Yeah, which is... You know, fair enough. I think this whole book is part of the End Times series because they thought, you know, Nurgle models sell well. We have these ideas for some crazy cool Nurgle kits. Let's build some End Times stuff around it. Which I'm fine with, obviously. But I do think I was missing that kind of... It doesn't matter. I think that's, right. that's, that's really what it boils down to, right? Yeah. So so let, let's continue through the story, <laughs> right? So you have this three-pronged attacks. Um, you know, every every city on the way falls yeah. until they get to Altar. That's another thing. The battle stories get a little repetitive because it's like they come to a city. There's, there's some resistance. very brave resistance that then crumbles and is butchered by plague and, and yeah, swords. Yeah, that's it. And then, <laughs> and then, okay, let's go to the next city, and the same thing happens. Mm. So, so they pull in the beastmen, they pull in the the demons. Um, Epidemius makes an appearance, um, and it's all basically all of the demon stuff arrives at uh, all of the chaos stuff arrives at Altdorf all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. they've all been kind of racing each other to Altdorf because they yep. being chaos lords, they want they want the glory, glory yep. but then they all arrive there at the same time. Yeah. And when they get there, um, all of the steam tanks are there, which I thought was kind of cool. It's like, okay, you want a battle that has multiple steam tanks? Here they are. Um, and, uh, you know, all of the remaining legions of the empire are there. And the Bretonians swing in from across the mountains. Um, literally, Leon Leroncaire was at the head of every, every knight who was able-bodied, who was not a grail knight came to this came on this crusade Why were the grail knights not there because they guard all of the holy places oh. so they don't they don't leave it's lazy it yeah they're lazy. just lazy they're nice. the old guys right <laughs> um so they all arrive there and and then um vlad von karstein um turns up with his uh undead legions to to he gets made into a uh an elector count of, yeah, of the he gets empire, promoted right? into an elector count. Officially turned, yeah. Here you go. You're now the elector count of Sylvania, uh-huh. and uh, he's a he's a legal part of the empire. And um, you know, there's some there's some cool scenes. I think there are cool scenes. Like there's a really cool scene where now the the supreme patriarch is a beast wizard, and you know he's Mark got Gregor Martek. Yeah, and he's instead of the light wizard instead of the light wizard guy yeah the gold the gold gold uh, faced guy balthazar balthazar guilt he was metal okay yeah yeah, he yeah was, was he metal yeah. yeah so so you know this guy's all kind of rags and and smelly he's and hardcore there he is hardcore and there's a cool scene where he leads uh guys into the imperial zoo and uh it's like it looks like he's cornered and outnumbered and then he's like he just whistles and the imperial dragon comes over and eats everything Um, (laughs) of course it does yeah it was kind of cool um but uh the 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 part that i don't like i was saying about how it doesn't matter 
it has a complete deus ex machina ending right you know where where it's like okay uh everything's looking really bad you know the bretonians have come and and leon lancur is dead and and you know all these demons are in the city and everybody's gonna die and oh my god it looks terrible for the empire and then yeah carl franz is there and is effectively godlike and there's this huge you know holy explosion that kills all of the demons so the the new the new uh supreme patriarch has found carl franz after he kind of escaped from the the battle in the gash and he's just kind of broken and whatever but he comes back to defend the empire anyway and he gets beaten first of all by the glotkin yep um he get, just gets slapped down because he's a kind of a husk yeah himself but then there's some like flash of golden light and he's like reborn as this Carl Franz ascendant. Yep. Who just then beats Glock in the face. Well, yeah, and, and not only that, all of the plague is now gone. Mm-hmm. Right. And all of the demons are gone. And, you know, everyone who was there who was mostly demonic is is dissipated mm-hmm. and gone to the realm of chaos or dead, or it's really hard to tell. But it was like, okay, so it gets harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. And then, boom, your problems are all solved in mm-hmm. a flash of light. And that kind of, that, that was what left me feeling like, oh, you know, I'm kind of getting into this. I'm kind of getting into this. Oh, I don't know how they're going to end it. And they ended it with a kind of wave. Yeah. Wave I mean, the, the whole point wand. of the story is that now the Empire is kind of drastically weakened for the next invasion that's coming. Mm-hmm. It's true, um, which is what Archaon was setting out to do. It's what he was setting out to do. It's it's just kind of anticlimactic. It was. The way, it was a bit of a lame ending. It is a bit of a lame ending. Well, it's not necessarily the ending for Chaos either, though. I mean, there's no, still, it's the ending for Nurgle. Body. There's a there's kind of a passage that says that Nurgle's mm-hmm. power is now faded and he's not going to take any more role in, yep. in the end times, probably. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so yeah, that, the I, I think... The, the the cool parts that I really liked about this book, um, there's a lot of interaction between um, Festus and Kugath. Mm-hmm. Um, That's one of my, my favorite kind of sub-storylines is that Festus is busy at work in Altdorf, kind of, you know, setting plagues at work to um, weaken the city for when all the, all the people arrive. Yeah. Um, Sing, and, singing and dancing all the while. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, the there's... A fun thing is it gives you a lot of insight into like, you know, the the character of Nurgle being the jovial god, and like all of his followers are just like super. They're like spreading these horrible toxic plagues, but they're just super jolly and super happy, <laughs> happy, yeah. happy all the time. Yeah, and they're yeah. having these just like absurd conversations with each other. Yeah, I do, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were talking about characters that got killed. Um, the brass bull. Is that what he's called? The, whatever the, the there was a big doom bull character. I don't know if that was a special. Oh, Torox the brass bull. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, didn't uh, Marcus Marcus Wolfhard Marcus Wolfhard kills him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one shot. Yeah, him. that's my boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't think he actually. <laughs> Too bad he didn't work against you, but whatever. <laughs> I don't think he died himself. I think he killed. He it. killed Torox, Torox the brass yeah, bull. So. Yeah. Um, Kurt Helborg dies from. Um, the Glotkin, mm-hmm. and then Carl Franz dies from the from the Glotkin, but 
With his last breath, the emperor called out the name of his warrior god, Sigma, and the world was changed forever. Yeah, so um, that part was all, um, yeah, everything kind of came undone afterwards. And um, then there's this part in, like, the the, the, the kind of the teaser is on the last page, mm. um, where it's a little bit about uh, Archaeon. So Archaeon is talking to, uh, oh, what's his face with Kay the two Kairos heads? Fateweaver. Yeah, Kairos Fateweaver. And, uh, you know, it, it's, um, Archaeon's basically saying, I'm going to go down there and, and, you know, kick everyone's butt. And, he, you know, I'll just read the last few lines here. He yeah. says, it will take more than the princeling of the South to keep me from my destiny, growled Archaeon, his eyes narrowing. The prophet in the skies shimmered, spiraled, and faded, its parting words fizzling to nothingness in the Arctic winds. It is no mortal man that you should fear. So there's been a lot of speculation about what that actually means. Um, you know, is it some kind of God character? Is it, is it <clears throat> something that's not a man? Like, is well, it the, empire, uh, the uh, end times is full of God characters, basically. Man. It, does Carl Franz count as a man anymore? You know, is yeah, he, he's is probably he just not mortal. Sigmar reborn? Maybe you know, will be the High King. The High King. <laughs> Nagash is a god, basically now. Oh, yeah, Nagash is definitely <clears throat> not mortal or a man. No, um, yeah, that's true. So yeah, or it, is it um, a Lord of the Rings kind of thing? I don't know, Jesse. You painted up under there. Is he a man or not? <laughs> <laughs> Well, is it a kind of I am no man? He is the master of woman, bone, you know. woman kind of thing. <laughs> it could be, you know. Um, so who, who knows? Who knows? Um, oh man! Anyway, that'd be epic. Okay, I'm just gonna get beaten by somebody who's not a man. Yeah, that'd be super. Except this is GW, so she'd have to be uh, fighting in a bikini. Yeah, <laughs> and she would look awfully mannish. They're terrible at making you know female characters that actually look like women. Anyway. Um, so any other parts of the book that we feel like we really should talk about? Because mm. I, I felt like, you know, despite it being a reasonably long book, um, there, it, it covers a very short space of time. It covers a short space of time. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that's I still repetitive. am glad, I'm glad I gave it a read. It's beautiful again, just like the yeah, Nagash the book. Yeah. Because one thing is that because they invented a whole lot of new characters, there's a whole lot of brand new artwork that mm -hmm. comes with it, which Nagash was a lot of recycled artwork. Whereas yeah. I think there's more like original artwork in this book that I enjoyed a lot. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I enjoyed reading it. Um, and it was just the ending kind of let me down. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it can definitely, I have the digital edition um, saves me having to, you know, a scramble for one of the few printed copies that makes its way to Seattle. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, enjoyed the digital edition. I like being able to zoom in in the pictures and, and see everything that's, that's going on. So but really the best thing about this book is the models that accompanied it. Yeah, yeah. Cut rocks, <laughs> fume. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The Glocken, the, the Blight Kings. The Blight Kings. Yeah, a lot it's of cool stuff. Awesome. It yeah. was a, a very good release overall, even if the story itself is kind of a weak link. Yep, yep. The Art of War. Even though we, we, we just said about how the fluff was kind of self-contained and, and, you know... Uh, not quite as gripping as the Nagash stuff. 
Uh, I think on the flip side, the new models, the new rules for the models, and some of the new rules that they introduced were were pretty good. Um, so, first thing that they they introduced were the streets of the streets of death. So there's a lot of city fighting in the book. So the streets of death um, are a set of rules for fighting in cities, um, which is kind of cool because I think that. Jesse and Ricky are, are about to or have ordered a bunch of city terrain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're about to. Um, we need to do it before the sale's over. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, who are you guys getting that from? Is it from Tabletop? Tabletop, Tabletop World. World. Tabletop yeah, World. They've yeah, they've got a, and this is an easy plug for them, they've got a great special going on right now where they're, they're giving out free terrain uh, for anyone who puts an order in. So Yeah, cool. spend so much you get free loot. <laughs> nice, nice. So... Um, there's a, a a bunch of rules in there that that kind of affect how the game is played more than it just being about you know the terrain that's on the field. Um, there's rules for building barricades, ambushes, yeah. um, <clears throat> alleyways, um, blowing things up. You know, um, how do you handle narrow streets, sewers, stuff like that? So it gives a, a real flavor to things. Um, yeah, you could set up some really fun, like little city skirmishes using these rules. I think. Yeah, and and I it definitely made me think about you know um, how you could play Mordheim, but then you could also potentially have you know your Mordheim characters appear in your fantasy battles and use these rules to fight you know more mm -hmm. city focused stuff. Um, but I I thought they were pretty cool. There were a lot of the rules in there. I'm like, hey, this would make a great scenario rule in a tournament. Um, so well worth checking out those. And this is I know in the first book they did the under the underground battles, mm -hmm. of course, and they've got the city fight rules. I know mm -hmm. this is kind of becoming a theme. And yeah, um, yeah, I'm wondering what the, they're going to have in um, in the fourth book. You know, they've already kind of done the underground thing. Mm -hmm. Who knows? And then yeah, the cane one was all about. Like crazy magic phases. Crazy <laughs> magic phases, yeah. So, yeah. Who knows? Be fun. All right. So second set sieges. of have sieges. Sieges. Oh well, when there's dwarves, you might have sieges. Oh, siege battles. <laughs> they they can be fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So uh, chaos ascendant. Um, we kind of ranted and raved a little bit about that. Tom, you want to talk us through? About we want to talk about the Chaos Legion or Chaos Ascendant. Um, or whatever appears first in your book. Uh, Chaos Ascendant is, is first, first of for all me then. as well. Yeah. Um, Chaos Ascendant is it's a rule that appears in some of the special scenarios in this book. It's not gonna affect most games, I think. But basically, you uh, choose a god at the beginning of the game who is your ascendant god, and there's a few things that influences. Most of all, being demons is that they no they no longer have the stables the unstable special rule if they're demons of the ascendant god so that gives a huge buff to yeah so they're just flat demons. out unbreakable they're just unbreakable you just have uh. you can just have huge unbreakable units yeah well and <clears throat> and beyond that your your demon princes or your mm -hmm. greater demons are unbreakable um so that's definitely something you only want to have in a scenario because that would be that would be horrible if you were running a mono list. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yep. And then there's just a couple. There's a couple of other things that influences, but the big one is that when you're playing these Chaos Ascendant rules, all Chaos Wizards can use the Summon Infernal Legion spell, which is kind of like you know the Law of Undeath summoning spells, but you get to bring in uh, demons of 
whatever the ascendant god is mm-hmm. um and it can be cast at uh three different levels to bring in 100 points 150 points or 200 points worth of demons and you only ever see it cast on a 17 you'll, plus for 150 yeah. points to bring in a skull cannon <laughs> a skull cannon yeah um so that's what we were talking about in the town tournament before yeah. yeah which was kind of bizarre because a lot of the armies there the chaos legions armies had nothing corn in no. the entire army because corn stuff isn't that great yeah um and um, yet they're, <laughs> they're just summoning they declare corn as their ascendant god and summon skull, skull cannons, cannons all over the place yeah so it's kind of a wonky rule yeah and, that um, is a little bit yeah for sure okay do you want to roll on into the the legion then itself the chaos legion um I mean, this is pretty straightforward to explain. Yeah, it's like the Undead Legions. You basically have unrestricted access to um, Warriors of Chaos, Beastmen, and Demons of Chaos, except that units from those books um, undergo a few small changes to their rules. One of the most important ones being, as we discussed for Demons, they lose their demonic instability and instead gain unbreakable and unstable. Which is strictly worse for them. Which is definitely worse for them. Beastmen, on the other hand, get a bit of a buff when they're included in a Chaos Legion because you can now take Marks of Chaos for a a couple of points in general per model. Um, And they're the same as in the Warriors of Chaos book. So you can put those on your Beastmen units, which is cool. And the Beastmen ambush rule changes somewhat. Um, You still roll on the same table to see where your ambushing units arrive, but you no longer have to follow the... Um, restriction of having one unit on the table per ambushing unit. So you can so just add a whole. Yeah, you army can just ambush. add a whole bunch of ambushing beast men to your army without having to have any deploy regularly with your army, which yeah. is fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the the reign of chaos table changes slightly. Also, it does, and the eye of the gods table changes. Um, to be more favorable actually yeah they're both more they're favorable. both more favorable because the reign of chaos is now most of the so the reign of chaos for people who, who don't know the the demons of chaos book it's once you roll your winds of magic you compare the number to some table and it has some effect which in the demons of chaos book can do bad things to both yourself and your opponent whereas now under the new table it's only doing bad things to your opponent yeah so bonus times for chaos and then the Eye of the Gods table, um, the number seven roll, the most, which is the most common one, becomes a little better. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, so <laughs> those are kind of the new rules that they introduced. Um, and then they added a whole bunch of new models. So the Glotkin we already talked a little bit about uh, during the pit. Um, I'll just go into um, a little bit of specifics. He's move six, weapon skill six. BS3, Strength and Toughness 6, 12 Wounds, 1 Initiative, which is why Purple Sun is his favorite thing. Um, 5 Attacks, though he gets an extra D6, and Leadership 10. So again, continuing that sort of combined profile of, of monsters and uh, um, you know ca- ridden characters getting all of the wounds and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. And... Um, uh, we talked through all of his special rules that he has um, already. He's, he's 810 points. Um, so you really can't fit him into any list unless you're using the 50% um, lords and Which heroes we, rules. we all should be doing now. Yep, because they have eroded those to be part legal. of... Yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you think, does the Glotkin 
pose much of a problem to any arm. I mean, I think as long as there aren't other like super lords on the table, he's a viable choice. Yeah. But I mean, do you think he would I think he poses a threat to certain armies. Yeah. Obviously he's he's going to be way better against unit uh, armies that feature a lot of infantry. Mhm. So, um I would actually don't feature death magic. I I would actually be kind of afraid to see him um while I was fielding Skaven. Um because he will get into like if he got into the screaming bell unit um something like that. He has the strength to take and the amount of wounds he could take down the uh the bell. He could probably wreck that whole unit just by himself. Um Yeah. And, and I definitely saw him wrecking whole units by himself. Yeah. <laughs> and I would struggle to <clears throat> wound him back. Yeah. Um you know, assassins might help, but even with twelve wounds. I think like, a key thing is um that unlike, you know, Carl Franz or Malekith, he's not a flying model, so he can be dealt with in the same way yep. as a Death Star would be dealt with. Yeah, you can redirect him. And, and obviously he has that, that massive magic phase weakness of being purple sunned off the table. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I think, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, not a terrible choice. Um, if you like putting 800 points into a single mm -hmm. model, which sure. is not kind of how I like to play Warhammer. Right, and not only that, but he's also going to need some support in terms of a backup caster with a Dispel Scroll to prevent that Purple Sun. Yep, um, and and in addition to that, you know, he, he's um, because you've sunk so many points into one model, um, you know, the Warriors lists tend to, or, or, you know, the Chaos lists in general tend to run light in terms of model count. Mm -hmm. And so, so you, you're really, you're really taking, light. yeah, you're taking a huge You've chunk You've got your core and Glotkin and then like a thousand more points to play with. Yeah. Which yeah, is that isn't kind of that's kind of typical of what most warriors lists are, anyways. Well, you it? take your Glockin, the core, the backup caster, and your BSB, and then you have 500 points to play with. Yeah. Yeah, but you could easily have demon princes that are seven hundred points. So I don't really it's feel like you're true. True, I mean, but most, they do a lot more. Yeah, they provide most people more run, run demon princes in the three hundred to four hundred range. Four fifty, maybe. Well, if it depends if you take the caster magic, or not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and now with the fifty percent lords, you can run double. So, you know, he's he's far from, he's far from a, a auto include. He's, um, but uh, the model is amazing. And uh, and I think you know, fun to play with, fun to play against, fun to paint, fun to paint. Yeah. So I think they did a good job. Um. Okay. So now we'll go on to the the various Magath lords. Um. You're so, a Magath lord. Your Ooh. mom's a Magath lord. Yeah. You've met. Have you met my mom? <laughs> <laughs> Is she a Magath lord? No. No. Right. She's not. She's she's a lovely human being. <laughs> so are the Magoth Lords, bruh. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> anyway, anyway, so we've got uh, so so Tom, talk a little bit about the the Magoth Lords in general because we were chatting a bit about this the other day about you know, um, the there's three of them. They they're all kind of slightly different. You know, um, talk us through what we kind of what they are and why why they're good or not good mm. well so they're all kind of chaos lord level characters they differ slightly in that some are well one is very combat oriented um one is more of a caster 
and one is plays kind of a, a more support role in the army. Mm-hmm. So Orgot's Demon Spew is the um the very much combat oriented guy. Um whole lot of attacks on his profile, eight attacks, nine wounds. He has these magic axes that give him plus two strength, which put puts him at strength eight total. Um so very solid Strength eight poison as well. Strength so, eight poison. You know, you're automatically um, wounding and doing minus five on armor save. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Kind of similar to the uh, the lieutenants of Nagash, the, the Mortarks. Mm-hmm. Their main line of defense is having all of those wounds on the profile. Mm-hmm. They don't have, you know, your, your one-up chaos armor save. No. They don't have uh, ward saves. One of, them, one of the Magath Lords has regen. Yep. Um, Morbidex Twiceborn, yep. who's the one I think falls into a more support role because he provides kind of uh, regen to Nurglings within a bubble of him. So you could imagine building a list full of regenerating Nurglings. Mm-hmm. The caster version is Blob Rotspawned, who doesn't have very impressive stats, um, but is a level three wizard of Nurgle. So for me, the thing that stands out is that very much like the Mortarks, there's one who is clearly the better choice than all of the others, which is the Combat Lord, Orgot's Demon Spew. You can imagine him being a very useful character who can put a major dent in kind of knight units and stuff. He's striking at initiative seven with strength eight and eight attacks. Yeah. And, you know, Mark of Nurgle, so he's, that provides some defense in return. So I can imagine him causing a lot of problems for particular units, whereas the other two, um, I can't imagine really running them for any reason. Yep. Yeah, I, I see that. Um, so he's um, I, I, he also has a six-up board, which is, you know, not great, but it's not board. terrible. He has a, he has a three-up three arm, armor, which helps with, like, poison so he has a tree poison man shooting save, and stuff, you know, um, which is not terrible. But he, has what? he has the tree man save. Yeah, right. Three up armor, six up board. Yep, it's not going to save him in combat against. No, and uh, he's only tough five, and he's tough five. Yeah. So you're you're looking to throw him at stuff that he can do enough damage to yep. to prevent damage coming back, like a night bus, yeah, or monstrous cavalry, something like that. Yeah, and this is the interesting thing is that <clears> some <throat> of these big characters that they're making. Um, the majority of them seem to be aimed at being able to kill units of infantry or, you know, uh, being able to kill rank and file units. Mm-hmm. A few of them are able to kill other characters. Right. Um, and, you know, there's some that are just amazing at killing both. And we'll get to that in a minute. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I don't think that blob uh, uh blob rot spawn rot spawn blowab maybe Mo- blowab blob uh-huh. morbid x twice spawn yeah i can't imagine them being too useful but i would i would run uh orgot's demon spew just i mean he's basically like running a kind of expensive monster yeah um you just another combat threat don't yeah. make him your general there's no need to he's not even a large target either so you're not getting any bonus from making him your general. Just use him like you would a monster. Yeah, that's weird that they're not large targets and neither is, is the weird. Glotkin. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm assuming that's purely an oversight because the Glotkin is 
probably the, the largest, the model, large target. You know, um, Nagash is actually taller than him now. That I'm looking at them. Nagash the is models. taller. But uh, yeah, he looks kind of thin and wispy compared to the great big fat the blob girth that is the, the girth of the Glotkin, indeed. Yeah. Um, okay, so those were the uh, the Magath Lords, and then there's yet yeah there's more Nurgle stuff to come. Yes. The Blight Kings. Yeah, the Blight no, Kings. No, no, uh, what? Well, what? 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 Rod Spume first. Does he come first? Oh no, I guess nah. they do. They Blight talk about Kings. the Blight Kings first. Yeah, in the book. We're just going in book order. So here, we've got the Blight Kings, which are a very, I think, a very interesting unit because they're different from anything else we have yeah. in the game, pretty mm -hmm. much. Yeah, yeah. So, Tom, you've you've actually put together a unit of these guys, or yeah, a couple of units. But I don't know. I'm running out of voice because I've just been babbling constantly. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, some, well, somebody else tell me what you think of the the Blight Kings as somebody who will be fighting against them soon. Yeah, I'm gonna shut up too. So this is for Ricky and uh, Jesse. I don't the, know. Only, the only thing I know about them is they're 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 regular infantry, correct? They're regular uh, as infantry. As, as far as the rule goes by, yet they're they're one of the few models that's on a forty by forty base. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, they're the only infantry models on a forty. Yeah. And they have a stat line that would suggest monstrous infantry being mm. having three wounds, three attacks. I mean, they they really seem tough like five a, like a chaos ogre, uh, the version of what a chaos ogre would be. Right. Um, if, if they actually had and yet, those. so they're on forty mil bases, but when you actually look at the models, they are basically infantry height mm -hmm. at yeah. least they're yeah, just they're not, like they're not looking at it right now is not that large they're not he's, he's, they're not ogre sized models by any means and i think the reason that on those 40 mil bases is purely just for like the dynamic posturing of yeah. the models yeah, the because models... they don't make a 30 mil base yeah mm -hmm. right yeah. they would yeah they do end up looking a little bit um dwarfed on those 40 mil bases mm -hmm. something in between would be ideal for now, them, have you I ever guess. seen anyone try and put them just for just for scale have anyone trying to put them on 25 mil bases before i they... i experimented with i've been building a unit of these guys and i experimented with trying to rank them up on 40 mil bases and it, it 25 mil yeah. 25 mil bases i mean they're so dynamic and so kind of broad and bulky yeah um, I, I think they're great i mean the models are just phenomenal and i'm glad that they you know made the decision to just go with it and put them on larger bases mm -hmm. instead of try and you know yeah. normalize them all so that they fit together no 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 gameplay wise though tom have you tried have you actually played a game i have with not the played a game with them curious, that's going to be king of cascadia and I'm, I'm curious whether it's going to actually give them an advantage you know by not being large targets it being on such a large base it doesn't really give you an edge it's at all. A disadvantage. no it's a it's huge, huge disadvantage, disadvantage yeah. because yeah. they get only they get one supporting attack each mm -hmm. They get one supporting attack each. They have to have ranks of five instead of ranks mm -hmm. of three in yeah. order to gain rank bonuses or be steadfast. You're not going to get that many. Even if you had a ten, ten yeah. man unit, you're not going to get that many in and close combat. And they're they're right. only move they're only move four. Move mm -hmm. four, so and they can wheeling be them is just going to take your whole your whole move. If you run them five wide, which is yeah. what you need for for bonuses, yeah, they're, they're not going to be a wieldy unit. They're still very cheap for what they do, though. I mean, they're, what, 40 yeah, points? Yeah, so that's the thing. Uh, they, they have the Bountiful Blades thing, yeah. which really helps them a lot. They mm -hmm. cost the same points, basically, as an ogre. Yeah, let, let's let's talk through their stats here. So they're 40 points a model, mm -hmm. move 4, weapon skill 6, BS oh. 3, strength 4, tough 5. Tough 5. Wow. 3 wounds, 5 initiative, 3 attacks, leadership 8. So they've got um, the champions got the Eye of the Gods, just like the other Warriors champions. Um they wear chaos armor mm -hmm. and a shield, so they've got a three-up armor mm -hmm. save, and and they have an array of weaponry, 
which is this bountiful blade special rule. It's the same as um, black ox, essentially. You can yeah. At, at the, the start of, of each combat, combat yeah, you choose you can be a great weapon, so you'd be strength six, two hand weapons if you're up against tough three stuff, um, or hand weapon and shield if you really need to make that parry Which save. makes them versatile. Very versatile. They also yeah. mark of Nurgle with weapon skill six, which means against uh, everything that is rank and file in the game, they're only being hit on fives. So you have to hit them on fives and wound them likely i mean it's a tough five they're a lot harder to wound and a three up armor save on top mm -hmm. of that wow. so they're hard to kill and they've so got they three have wounds basically each basically a character level a character stat line yeah which seems, is it seems part kind of, like of the, a, it the seems fluff, like a unit right? of characters basically right it's a yeah. unit of character model wise and stat wise it's like mm -hmm. a unit of individual characters they're kind of like an upgrade from chosen right this yeah. is kind of the idea it's like they're very very nerdly chosen they're very chosen <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, the the increase on their defense is just huge compared to Chosen being yeah. tough five and three wounds. Yeah, I think they can take a magic banner, and I think you'll see the move banner on them, you know, to to get around that large base size. You yeah. can make them move five, that'll help. You've been reading my King of Cascadia list. I actually have, <laughs> I actually have not, but that's exactly what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I would do as well. Um, that is not what I would do. I think the... Um, I mean the the ha hang on hang on what would you do ricky what would what, ricky, would, what, what would, would ricky do, do? um i i would give them the storm banner <laughs> and that that would be cheating oh oh ricky, <laughs> well you're not gonna look at my list till the end of the game right <laughs> <laughs> hang on that's tom's line <laughs> razor banner would be a fair choice yeah, as well. the, yeah and but, then take the the two-hand weapon approach and just try and yeah blend yeah. up lately armored stuff mm -hmm. i don't know it's not too bad. obviously most of the time you're going to be using great weapons with them and just wrecking face yeah, they've already got some yeah uh, sometimes <clears throat> you're going to not want to they're initiative five right you know so you might want to get that first hit in um i mean i'm only going to use extra hand weapons or hand weapon and shield against stuff that i can do enough damage to that way to to like lessen the damage coming back at me yeah um so against big hordes and stuff i'm not going to kill enough that way to prevent any damage coming back at me so i'll just uh, take the initiative hit and oh that's interesting because i would think like against against hordes um like if i think about like, like just uh, um, clan rats, for example. Yeah, say I'm fighting a whole bunch of clan rats. If you're fighting a whole bunch of clan rats, you're going to be hitting them on threes and wounding them on threes. Yeah, but the difference between wounding on threes and wounding on twos is pretty big. With the extra attack, um, yeah, maybe. I, but I don't think I don't think anything that you'd... The, the, the models, the hordes that you'd want to kill, I mean, they're not going to really have any response for killing the Vikings themselves. I know they're toughness five. Yeah, so right. Tyner's going to hit on a five, wound on a six. I'm going to um, be taking so little damage back either way that I'm just going to choose armor. the highest damage output weapon, which I think, I think, I think if you run the math, is always the great weapon. weapon. Okay. Yeah. Especially if they have, you know, light armor and a shield or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, interesting. No. Okay, so they're an interesting unit. Um, we'll we'll find out more after King of Cascadia whether Tom still <laughs> likes them. So the biggest um, the biggest disadvantage of of being infantry is the fact that they get thunderstorm and they can um, be they can be thirteen and they can be thirteen mm -hmm. well, that would be tragic. <laughs> well, and they can also be like you know that would be how many anything that's a t take the model off that right. those three wounds don't matter. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, how many models do you remove for Dreaded 30? 4d6. So that's basically an entire unit of Blight Kings. Mm -hmm. is just yeah. going to be gone. 400 points. You could 
easily lose to one spell. But then you could easily lose, you know, if it was ogres or, or trolls or something, you could easily lose that number of points to a purple, a purple sun. sun. Or yeah, these guys aren't going to die to purple sun. No, that's good. that's good. Um, and also, um, final trans will only work on a six on them because they're multi win models. Um, so yeah, and they are beautiful models. Like mm, from a super cool. e even even if you you know if you don't like the Nurgle aesthetic, you can appreciate the uh, artwork that's gone into creating the models. And I think you were working out the other day that that with the combination of kits and and different bits and pieces and stuff, you could you could easily make a hundred. Oh yeah, without There's so many combinations. Yeah, heads do. and arms and weapons and so forth. So um, lots of bits for people to convert from you know so mm -hmm. buying a unit of them and then having all those bits left over to do nurgle conversions and so forth yeah i think two kits of those and your whole art you know your whole army could just be nurgleized yeah easily yep nurgleified all right so i think this is the last of the nurgle entries is mr spume yeah i love his fluff i thought he was really yeah what is his fluff so i, I know a little bit about it. i mean i've read the book obviously but um he he's kind of he's <laughs> kind of like the uh yeah he went fleet master yeah he was he he was kind of like the best sailor in the village and then i think part of that was that he was chosen by nurgle and then he started like, nurgle's I don't know. chosen sailor yeah and the next thing you know he's like he the, he starts hunting this beast this beast i think it, it doesn't really say what the beast was but the, the white whale no it does like, feel like that a little bit yeah megalomaniac yeah, yeah, very swim. much so so he actually swims down into the ocean i think nurgle gave him like the gift of breathing underwater from what the way it's it a kraken sounds. you think he was going to be fighting yep yeah mm -hmm. and he goes down you know goes down under there wrestles the the thing and uh basically <laughs> i think dies but nurgle saves his life just as he pops out of the water and uh so when he gets back on the boat, he's now got rot spume, and um, I think he's kind of merged with the kraken. Kind of merged with the kraken's mm -hmm. power. He yeah. has all these tentacles, and he's yeah. the lord of the plague fleet. Yeah, I didn't really describe that well. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. The plague yeah, fleet is discussed in the it, fluff yeah. quite a lot, and it sounds like it's described pretty vividly. And yeah, it sounds really very cool. cool. It sounds Just like, like a... these crumbling, rotting ships floating yeah. around, yeah. like they're like half alive beasts. Yeah. To me, it sounded like a cross between. Um, like the ships from the second uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yeah. Um, right. A little bit like that, and, or uh, maybe crossed a little bit with, you know, some of the Cthulhu mythos mm -hmm. stuff. And I thought it was, yeah, very evocative. Yeah, I like the imagery of the Plague Fleet. It seems yeah. really cool. It's so, just like cannonballs ripping through them, and they don't matter. It doesn't matter because they're just like rotten hulls anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah they don't care. So, so he's 250 points. Um, He's weapon skill eight, strength and tough five, four wounds, five attacks, initiative leadership seven, 10. and leadership ten. Leadership yeah. ten. Super is cool nice. for yeah. a chaos lord. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's not too many of that. So it's a chaos um, lord stat line except for four wounds yeah. and leadership ten. Yep. So he's got chaos armor and a great weapon, so a four up, and uh, he's got the Nurgle's rot mutation, um, which is the one that does the strength one hit in mm -hmm. base contact, no armor serves. I have the God's Mark of Nurgle. So with weapon skill eight, um, there's a bunch of stuff. We'll be hitting him on sixes. Yep. Like anything with weapon skill three, I'll weapon hit him on sixes. Three. Um, 
And then he has the um, at home on land or sea special rule. Which is my favorite rule. That is a cool <laughs> rule. It's it's such a, a rule that you won't really use Ever very use. much. Really? Yeah. With all the with all the rivers Ricky puts on his table? <laughs> unless party? you I was about to say, unless you come and play at Sparkle I'm Party. I'm bringing yeah. Gutrot to the next Sparkle Party and just walking through all the rivers and slapping people. That's a great, <laughs> you can march through the rivers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And keep your rank bonus and be steadfast. So basically, uh, rivers and water... Um, all water becomes open ground to him and his unit. Turns them into skinks. Yeah. Mm. Uh, interestingly, he comes on a 25 mil base, right? No, 40. No, he comes 40. on a 40 he as well? 40. Okay, so he, he so is kind of designed, designed to, to go be in put the, in the Black Kings. Kings yeah. Okay, all right. I thought he came on a 25. That's good. No. That's good to know. And then he has the flailing tentacles. Um, so he gets an extra D3 attacks. And you can put him on a war shrine. Um, yeah. Just in case you wanted to do that, <laughs> I don't Which know. Nobody does. I don't think. I mean, isn't a war shrine like the worst chariot in the game or something? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it has a four up ward save, but that doesn't help him when yeah. he gets a cannonball to the face. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, it's a really slow, crappy chariot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you don't want to put him on that. You want to put him in some blight kings. Let um, him punch things in the face. Yeah, so he is infantry as well, just like the Blight Kings are. So he's getting lookout, sir, from the Blight Kings, if you go that route. Um, provides the leadership 10. Um, sucks in terms of defense. Compared yeah. to a Chaos Lord, you can build yourself and tool up with one-up armor saves and ward saves and whatever. Um, but another cool model. Very cool model. Did we cover the flailing tentacles thing? We did. I just oh, mentioned it a yeah, little bit. Yeah. So he's going to have higher damage output than most other Chaos Lords. He has a great weapon, which means that his initiative seven doesn't really count for anything. No, well, it, it helps in that um, most of the rank and file elves won't get to reroll against him. That's right? true. So mm -hmm. you, it, um, that, that some line of defense. Yeah, at least, a little bit. Kind of. I mean, I yeah, I plan on running this guy in the yep. next uncomp tournament I go to just because... Cool. The model is awesome. And uh, I said that that was the last of the uh, Nurgle, lied. but I was wrong. Ah. I forgot about Festus. Festus got upgraded. He becomes he Festus empowered. empowered. Yeah. Another super cool set of rules on mm -hmm. him, too. I don't really know what Festus's rules were anyway, so I can't really recognize well, so what he, has he become empowered. So he was previously empowered. a hero, so this is a change. Is now he's a lord. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he... Well, let's let's go through what he is now. Um, I I'm gonna do the talking because Jesse doesn't have the book, and Tom and Ricky are kind of dying in terms of <laughs> throat. So, um, I, I know you get sick hearing my voice. Well, I get sick hearing my voice. So I, I'm gonna do it anyway. I don't care. Uh, so he's level three now. He used to be level two. Um, he's got the same stuff. Eye of the Gods, Mark of Nurgle, Poison Attacks, and Regen. Um, so he's got this new rule, Gardener of De uh, Gardener of Nurgle. He treats, uh, if he's on the battlefield, enemy units treat all terrain that is not open ground as dangerous terrain. So that's pretty amazing, right? Enemy yep. units treat all terrain as dangerous terrain. So he basically neutralizes chariots and a lot right so you want to charge you've got a one in six chance of your chariot blowing up well doesn't it say all terrain that's not open ground all difficult terrain and dangerous terrain yeah oh sorry yes i'm misreading so it's not it's, it's not, not open ground it's not open ground so you, yeah it's not curse of anra here it's not curse of anra here okay <laughs> phew sorry misread late at night gonna blame it on that 
Um, so that's that's okay then. That's well, that's it, not too it, bad. It murders um, wood elves because mm-hmm. all of a sudden wood elves that were that's true bouncing ground in the woods. <laughs> huh. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's like the counter to the wood elf. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, and if you guess if he was fighting against gut rot spume, um, all of his water would suddenly become dangerous terrain. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. How, how do you determine? You know, those <laughs> kinds of things? I don't know. Um, so um, he's destined for demonhood, which means if you're rolling on the eye of the gods table, um, he automatically becomes a demon if you roll that result. There's there's a secondary roll normally. Mm-hmm. It's not a not a huge not deal. A huge. And um, he is. Uh, Harbinger of Pestilence, which means that everything in a unit that he's in gets poisoned attacks as well. Um, that's a new rule, I think, for him. And uh, Healing Elixirs. So while he's in a unit, all the models in that unit have regen 5+. plus. Actually, I think the, the, the Harbinger as... of Pestilence was an old rule that he had. That was an old one? And the yeah. regen <laughs> thing is old as well. Okay. Yeah, all I right. think those two are old ones. Yeah. I, I guess I could just open the book and look. No, specifically somebody who wanted to build a, a Nurgle army around that. So. Yeah. All right. I will open the book and look. But so that I I'm could be wrong. There he is. Um, yeah. So he did have poison attacks and regen. Harbinger of Pestilence. Yes. Healing Elixirs. Yes. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you're right. Those are both the same rule. Um, Pestilent Potions. Um, that's one that he had before as well. Um, he tries to force feed a potion to... Um, anyone, in base contact. anyone in base contact and they take d3 wounds with no armor saves if they they basically do a strength dice off and then the new thing that he's got is um shroudlings which is a bound spell level five and they um if it's successfully cast then all friendly models within 12 inches have hard cover um mm-hmm. for the next till the next magic phase that's kind of neat right so these mm-hmm. little nurgly demons come out and provide cover for you the nurglings um Super cute. I know, they're so cute. You so, make little, like, walls of nerdling <laughs> stuff in front of your units. Mm-hmm. Little, a little shroudling uh, marker. Yeah. Now, how many points was Festus uh, before in I'm just checking that now. Yeah. Um, and he was 100, 190. So now he's 320. It's quite a quite a bump. For, for a bump in one level of a uh, wizard? One uh, level of wizard, which is 35 points. And yeah. the demon hood G- thing. Gardner the of Nurgle hood. is a strong rule, though. Mm-hmm. Gardner of Nurgle, yep. And the Shroudlings. And uh, that's about it. That he only gets. I think that's a bit of an expensive bump. But, well, you know. I don't think stat line really bumped up either, did it? It's I don't toughness 5, initiative 5. No, his stat line went up quite a, So he's now weapon skill 5 instead of 4. Uh, he's tough five instead of four, and mm. he's got a wound bump and an attack bump. So yeah, he's he's gone more lord level in his stats. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's where real level points are coming from. So lordly, lordly. Or um, Aiden didn't go over all the characters. Of course, we're gonna go over. Oh, that was just Carl. the that was just the Nurgle ones. <laughs> the Nurgles. So and then we then we've got. We still have our, our best friend Carl Franz. KFA, as he's been uh, known as now on the forums everywhere and. The most notorious, I think, probably the most notorious character out of this entire book. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's funny because it's a book all about Nurgle, and the best character in it is an Empire character. Mm-hmm. So they probably sold a whole bunch more Carl Franz models when they released this. So Carl Franz Ascendant. 
All right, so this is Carl riding on Deathclaw. This yeah, is Carl yes. in like the last page of the whole Glockin mm. book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not how he is in the whole book. Right. It's just like okay, and now I'm back, and I'm a badass. Call at ten to midnight. Yeah, that's it. Carl. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so he is. So he's obviously a lord. He's 810 points. What is this magic 810 number? I don't quite understand it. Well, I think for the for Glockkin, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was something isn't like Nurgle's num like each of the chaos gods is associated with some like number. Well, it's and three for Nurgle, right? Nine. Mm. Nurgle's is nine. Nurgle's is nine, which is three squared. Oh, three squared. And, and then this is, this eighty-one is, is nine squared. squared. So eight hundred ten points for Glockkin. I could just be doing numerology. Here. You, you <laughs> might be just too much of a mathematician. Why, why else would it be eight hundred ten <laughs> though, bro? I could, the only yeah. thing I could see him doing is obviously they want to want to have him under seven fifty. Um, you know, so at least you're limiting him to two thousand point games or bigger. Yeah, um, yeah, I could see that, but I don't know why eight hundred ten is there. I don't magic know. That's number. weird. But anyway, there it is. So, um, he is combined profile comes with a three up armor save. Mm-hmm. He's flying immune to psych, large target, stubborn, and terror. Um, so he has this blood roar special rule, which. Um, I think is the same as as what the uh, Carnosaur can take. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to add an, an extra D6 whenever you're making a, a leadership test and you discard the lowest result, which is kind of funny. So if you're charging skinks, for example, they'd need to roll 4D6 and discard the highest and the lowest. Um, <laughs> Average. <laughs> yeah, so you pick the two in the middle. Um, if, uh, if he's your general... Um, he's got an inspiring presence of 24 inches, which is pretty insane. And yeah, how do you like that, Mr. No Large Target? So he is a large, he's a large target. Yeah. He mm-hmm. is, yeah. But <laughs> so that Glotkin makes me isn't. think that it might not be a mistake then for Glotkin, like just overlooked, because if they've done it once in the book, no. I would expect if it's an oversight, that would just be missing from all the characters in the book. Who knows? Who knows? I imagine they play tested Glockin with that charge bubble. No, oh, I, yeah, maybe. I mean, and, an and it was inch. just, it was just. Oh my god! Everything is rerolling their charges. But they could have <laughs> kept the bubble to t- that bubble inches, to twelve. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, just... yeah, true. Oh well. Okay. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Descent. So apparently Carl is now the Lord of Lightning um, and has an innate bound spell at level six where he can do D6 strength six hits to something within 18 inches. Do you think that uh, he's Lord of Heavens incarnate? No. no that's still going to be Tato Echo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then that bounces onto more stuff. You keep rolling a couple more times. Poop. You might do uh, chain extra lightning. damage. A little bit like a there. mini chain lightning, yeah. Um. So th- all of that kind of pales into comparison when you just look at his bear stats and his magic items. So he's weapon skill seven, strength six. He's only tough five only. Nine wounds, seven initiative, ten, ten. attacks. Leadership ten. Yeah. Ten attacks with the essence of Galmaraz which wounds automatically and no armor saves <laughs> and does D3 plus one <laughs> wounds. <laughs> and then his silver seal talisman is a four up ward with magic res two. So while he might only be tough five, he has got a three up armor save against any pew pew. Uh, he's got a four up ward 
on a two-up ward against spells. And when you get into combat against him, he's going to be doing D3 plus one multiple wounds with 10 attacks. So even if he only hits but you a couple of times, automatically. it wounds automatically and no armor It's saves. the auto wounds that make it like so perfect for fighting other big characters with. Yeah, yeah. Because there is, toughness means nothing. We were going through it and trying to figure out, is there any other single model that actually can can take down Kofrans. You mean before Kane before came Kane out? Before Kane came out, maybe not. Before Kane came out? Yeah. No, there no. wasn't. There's some who you could imagine getting very lucky. Like, what is, what's the best combat character you can imagine building in the game? Oh, actually building? Yeah, building your own combat character. Well, building my own, I think you could probably do it with the Demon Prince. No. What about Arcan? Do you think no. Arcan can take him there? Yeah. A three up one, no. a three up one up, a uh, three up rerollable ward save with a reroll. You can't ones. get that on a Demon Prince. You can get that on a Chaos Lord. Chaos Lord. I don't. You see, I don't build these things. I just have to fight. <laughs> fight you just have to. Do, you just have to splat them with hell pits. <laughs> <clears throat> um. Yeah, you can't do that on a Demon Prince. You can do it on a Chaos Lord, which you know might stand a reasonable chance of fighting Carl, but probably not. I don't know. I don't. I can't think of anything that I would actually have a chance. I can't think of anything that stands a chance against him. Cannons. Mm. Cannons stand a great chance against him. <laughs> well, so he did die quite a few times in the tournament. Yeah. High, high magic is the only way to deal with him, right? He's yeah. only got two. He's only got two magic items. You are cannon forge one of them, and then he's he's either beatable in combat because he doesn't have that. Auto, he doesn't have the crazy weapon, or mm-hmm. he can shoot the crap out of him because he's got no armor. Yeah, so no the things that ended anymore. up killing him at the tournament were artillery or just being tarpeted and yeah, kept it, out of the he, game. He by died, odds. I think, more than he survived in the games <clears> that he was I think played. maybe people were a little reckless with him and assumed well, that because of all the hype like yeah. people have been giving him, you could just do Plus, you look at the army. look at the army that he's paired with. It's still Empire. Empire um, is a great army. It, it can be, but still, it's with an eight hundred and ten point chunk. Yeah, bit with, out of it. with a big yeah. chunk missing, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I, I think that uh, you have to build a list around him in order to support him, and to it has to be fast to stay within his leadership. You know all that stuff. So you know he would just go in with a with a sort of standard. A knight, one up army. A knight one up army yeah. and just replace the steam tanks yep right yeah and uh and then a couple of cannons a couple of cannons and a bunch of, a knights. of knights and core and uh, level four yeah. level four on life yeah probably you know keep healing him back up it's like it's going to be so hard to wound him anyway um but it's a it's like what <laughs> it's what ryan said is every army has something that could kill him some way to deal with him and it's up to you to bring it. If you don't bring it, then don't complain when he rolls your army. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And th- th- that's that's the thing. Everybody has something that could deal with a character like this. If you decide you don't want to take that because you want to take a big character too, then don't QQ when he kills your big character. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, play balanced armies, and you'll probably be fine if Carl pops up. Armies. <laughs> I mean, I think I think he dies to to poison shooting. Oh yeah. You know, um, <laughs> not easily, but but he does eventually. Yeah. Um, having nine wounds is what really sucks, which is why if you had Stuff, him with a life yeah. wizard, um, it's like, oh yeah, I got him three wounds off him. Oh, pff, there they all go back on again. Uh, <laughs> I had that experience. Uh, 
never mind. I did 20 wounds to two team, two steam tanks at, at uh, Sparkle Party, and I was not happy that they both remained on the table. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep coming back. Keep yeah, coming. lore of life. That's funny. Okay. You used to love that lore. I, I mean, I... I still do, but uh, <laughs> it was it was not fun. So then the book rounds up with uh, a half a dozen scenarios, which use um, you know that kind of reproduce some of the battles. They're very kind of street oriented because a lot of these battles are are take place in in the cities, of course, of the empire, um, and that part's pretty cool. Um, there's uh, I don't think there's any of them that are particularly reusable as you know generic. Um, here's how, here's a, you know, a scenario yeah, you could use it. They're very, driven. they're very specific and narrative. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're, uh, if you happen to collect these armies or you have a group that collects these armies, um, I really enjoy playing through narrative stuff. Um, so, you know, um, definitely worth a look. Not as many or as in-depth as in the Nagash book, right? The Nagash book had like 17 scenarios, and a lot of those, I think, had some rules that were reusable. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, like I said, the street fighting stuff is still pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely like to try the street fighting even outside of one of these specific scenarios. Oversized meatball. All right, so that was the Glotkin, um, or rather Glotkin, is it? What is it called? It is just called Glotkin. The book right? is called Glotkin. The model the is called is the, the Glotkin, Glotkin because it's it's kin. a them. Yeah, the kin of Glot. It's confusing. Um, okay, so in the next episode, I imagine we will talk a bit about Cain um, once we get finished reading it all. And um, Yeah, Stupid End Times keeps coming out, and we can't ever just have a normal show with our like, awesome tactical insights <laughs> and our yeah. hobby skills. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we should. Uh, I would like to get back to doing something more along those lines. Um, and uh, maybe maybe we should just take a break and not do Kane right away. And maybe it, if you feel strongly about us uh, taking a break from Kane or not, uh, please, please uh, get in touch. You can get in touch with us uh, on Twitter. Um, I'm at Cascade Podcast and Ricky's at Ricky underscore Fisher. Um, Jesse, are you on Twitter? I'm not. I don't no, think you are. So cool. you and Tom can stay in the dark ages. Um, we're yeah. also on we're also on Facebook. If you look for Dimensional Cascade podcast, you can reach out to us there. Um, you can email me Aiden at dimensionalcascade.com. and even if you misspell my name, it'll still get to me. And uh, um, if you like our show, we'd love you to leave us a review on iTunes. Um, I think we have. I think we're up to five five now yay um but uh it, it five what? reviews on, on itunes mm -hmm. um when you leave a review it that's it, like one person that isn't us yeah <laughs> <laughs> it actually it make it makes you go up in the search rankings so whenever somebody searches in itunes for warhammer podcast uh -huh. you're more likely to to show up um, and part of the problem is that there's some old podcasts that don't podcast anymore that are high in the rankings because they've got so many reviews. So even though they don't podcast anymore, all you've got is old stuff from them. So yeah, if you don't mind taking a minute out of your day after you've read this and hit up iTunes and, and give us a review. Uh, I think I think that about wraps it up. I, does any, anybody have any final parting words of wisdom, final thoughts? 
Nice. I just, yeah. I just want to apologize to Tom for embarrassing his favorite model so solidly this morning. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get over it. I'll get over it. I, I have a feeling that, that history will repeat itself again and again and, and again. Yeah, for, for poor Glotkin. It might as well be kind of called the purple son of Glotkin's death. <laughs> the Blight Kings will avenge him at King of Cascadia tournament. Yep. Yep, as long as you don't come for kids' death magic. <laughs> 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 All right. I think that wraps it up. Good night. Bye, guys.